seven days a week, 24 hours a day, live, radio contact. Devil the Detail Podcast. I'm Rob Pax and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devil. Join me the show this week. As ever, we have Paul Whiteside, right, Paul? Hey Rob, you okay, mate? How's your week been, mate? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Busy as usual and uh, looking forward to the match on, on Friday. It was uh, it was good, wasn't it? A good weekend, good to get the a win. And it was a nice feeling got to bed on Sunday night with two points in the bag. So uh, so yeah, I'm excited for Friday, mate. Yeah, it's going to be super exciting. We thought we'd have a, another voice on the show this week. We've got Paul Parkin on the other end of the line, right, Parky? Evening, evening, gentlemen. Are we well? How's your week been? Uh, hectic, but uh, you know, just to you know, echo Paul. You know, it's coming off the back of a, of a win. It makes life a lot easier, doesn't it? Puts a smile on your face through the week. Yeah, yeah. I've had a frantic week, uh, and my rabbits uh, do a, bit, a great escape. Trying to un- sort of dig themselves out from under me back garden into my neighbour's garden. Uh, he got out as well. Had to chase him down the road. Got uh, eventually got. Oh, back in. I'd uh, love to have seen that. It was yeah. It was, uh, it was <laughs> With some Ben Hill music playing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was fantastic. It was it was scary because my neighbour's got a dog. You see, so you know the dog was barking. They were, they were flying out. I was chasing after them. It was it was chaos. But, <laughs> but they are safe, safe oh, and sound. Yeah. Back in the hutch. Um, oh, so that's good news. <laughs> so there's loads and loads on on tonight. Uh, we're gonna look back at the win against Wakefield on uh, Sunday. We're gonna look at all the big news coming out of Salford Devils this week. We've got your amateur report, Paul, and then we're gonna preview the game against Catford on Friday. So what we'll do, we'll start off with the uh, the victory against Wakefield on Sunday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Salford Devils were victorious against Wakefield, 44 points to 20, Parker. Big win for Salford, we needed it. Yeah, we did. We've been on uh, the wrong end of a few results recently. We've, you know, and we've been unfortunate in a lot of games, and a lot have been our own fault. There have been a lot of close defeats, and then, once again, we go and win a game and, and, and cut loose, really. I mean, I think, I, I thought, I don't know about you guys, I thought we controlled it throughout the game. I didn't, I didn't, feel threatened like we have in recent weeks um, I thought defensively we were mostly sound a few a few silly errors individual errors but and maybe a couple of dubious refereeing decisions give Wakefield a few more points than I thought they possibly deserved and I think listening to Chris Chester their coach he probably agrees with that um, but I thought overall it was a fantastic team effort after some of these disappointing you know it's sometimes hard to pick yourself up when you, you're losing by three and four every week but uh, no, the guys look really confident, and, uh, and you know some of the rugby was was really scintillating. Yeah, it was kind of a, a game we usually lose, uh, Paul. 
you know, obviously against a side that's kind of in and around us in the league. A game that us fans, you know, realise is a big game in the season. But this time the boys were focused. He came out straight from the get-go and took the two points. Yeah, I think that was the big thing, Rob. I think we needed a good start, didn't we? Particularly after the the recent games, you know, the St. Helens away game, the, the Magic game, the game at Hull, there were slow starts, weren't there? We were chasing the games and and behind the eight ball straight away and giving ourselves a lot of work to do. So it was imperative we come out and got a good start. And I think we did. We set the tempo really, didn't we? And when we when we upped our game, Jackson Asens and Louis combined, I think Wakefield found found it difficult to live with us really. And as Parky said and before, I think the scoreline flattered Wakefield really. I don't think they deserved twenty points. I thought I thought we was a lot better than them in the match. And it was just for me, the only nagging thing was the, the individual errors. I think the one for Evels was a bit of a clangor, which we you know, with that kick through when he, he should have took that ball really. I think Jake Bibikoff won up as well. So there were a couple of clangers there where we gifted him some points. But Robert Louis, I mean, it was outstanding, wasn't it? The, the contribution he made. He had an hand in nearly all the tries, scored one himself. And we played some really good stuff as well, some exciting stuff. And, uh, you know, let's not forget Wakefield were above us in the table. So they're not a bad side. So nice to beat a side in and around us. And obviously the, the cast game this week is probably going to be a step up above them. I think Cass are a better side than Wakefield, so hopefully we can iron the little wrinkles out and uh, and get the result again this week. Yeah, Salford Red Devils lineup was Niall Evans at fullback, Jake Bibby, Christian Inu, Chris Welland, Daryl Alfert, Rob Ruitt, Jackson Hastings, Lee Mossert, Logan Tonkins, Gil Dudson, Josh Jones, George Griffin, and Luce Old Tyrell McCarthy on the bench, Greg Burke, Ben Nakumbawai, Mark Flanagan, and Joey Lusick, uh, Parker. Uh, Daryl Alfert's 100 career appearance. Um, and against Wakefield you know he's, he's such a good talent I've got to say on Sunday I think he was probably faultless I think he was probably one of his best games he's had for us um, he looked fairly safe you know under high balls and uh, when he did get tested um, so yeah you know no one wants to bag a player for anything you know he, you know, once he's got a red shirt on you know we wish him the best goes anywhere else if he drops every ball but right. you know he, he uh, yeah he, you know he's had, he's had a go and he, he's had to learn on the job really you know he, he did get a, a gradual sort of uh, ease into it to, to playing Super League life. He was just dropped in it because of injuries and everything. So, yeah, I thought I thought he did well. But there were you know a number of really really good uh, good players out there on Sunday for us. He was packing, like you said, like Parker just said, Paul. You know, players put a lot of effort in. I thought on Sunday, I thought that the team performed very well, uh, and you know that's what we kind of want as a team going forward. We need to be able to put in performances like that. Yeah, certainly. I think I think the pack got us off on a, a good footing as well, Rob. I think good decision from from Watto to bring Logan Tompkins back in. You know, Logan gets a bit of stick sometimes, but I thought he worked really hard and you know raised that tempo up. And then when Joey Lussick come on, he even shot up even more. Then and he hit the pace he injected, so perhaps that was a good move. But no, the the forward pack Lee Mossop was good to get back on the field as well. You know, Mossop's had a, quite a lot of injuries this season, was missing for the for the whole game. He sort of played one, missed a couple, played one, missed a couple the all season. So it's good to get him back in the side. Another guy I thought worked really hard. I think it was his first start for a while. I mean, he's been on the bench a few times, but Tyrone McCarthy mm-hmm. thought he was absolutely outstanding. You know, the, the work rate of him and, you know, to see him with his hair cut as well, I thought it was a different... I didn't know who it was when I was watching the wall up there, you know, seeing him with his uh, with his long hair in recent weeks. But I thought he played real. I thought the whole pack did. I thought there was a, a really good team performance, really. And that allowed Hastings and Louis to play on the back of that pack. They did the spade work and allowed them, you know, the room to, uh, to do their stuff. Yeah, obviously... They did some good stuff. Uh, Jake Bibby with two tries. Nia Level with three. Uh, Parker. You know, we've got firepower out wide. When they get the ball, they usually score. 
Yeah, I've said it all year. If we can get, you know, within 30, you know, 20, 30 metres of the opposition's line, we, we look like we're going to score. We, we do. We, we're so threatening. We've, we've struggled at times to, to get out of our own half in, in certain games. But once we're on a roll, I think it's, it's I think we're, you know, virtually impossible to stop with, with our backs like we've got. But uh, just to go back to what Paul said about Tyrone McCarthy, I, I think over the last few weeks in the games that he's been in, He's been magnificent. And on, on Sunday, again, his work rate, I mean, there's not an awful lot of him, but he puts his body in absolutely everywhere. And, and again, like Paul said, you know, the, the haircut put me off for a bit. I didn't really know who it was, but um, yeah, he, he, he was magnificent. And the other the other forward that really gave us that go forward again was Josh Jones. I, I, I don't know how he's supposed to tackle him. Three or four, we, we're grabbing all of him. He's just bouncing them off and making yards. And then once we're on the front foot, like I say, you know, with, with our half-backs and then outside-backs like, I mean, certainly Evels. I know he made a couple of uh, clangers uh, going backwards, but he sees any space. He's Again, he, he's just going to score, isn't he? You know what he's like. Bibby, again, I think he's been good. You know, ever since the news broke about about him going to Wigan next year, he's, he's been, yeah, he's got better and better and it seems even more of a loss to us now. Um, but yeah, the whole lot, I mean, Chris Wellen probably had his best game of the season. He played really well. Well, it's only at the ground he got man on the match. I'm not sure that was accurate enough, but he was, you know, again, really good. In who, and and you've still got Junior Sow and Johnson to throw in there, you know, in the next few weeks. Um, yeah, it's really good. And if our forwards can keep doing that and getting us on that front foot, I think I think a lot of teams are going to struggle against us. Yeah, maybe Jake, maybe Paul is a kind of player that sort of thrives on the pressure. Obviously, he knows he's going to Wigan. He knows the spotlight's going to be on him. And then Wigan fans are going to be watching our highlights and seeing what he's doing. And he's, he's, that's bringing the best out of him. Well, yeah, he's finished really well. He got a couple of tries at Old, didn't he, last week? And then he finished both his tries really well. This week, where they were well created as well. You know, Robert, Louis and Meyer levels getting involved there. I think you've got to give Evels a lot of credit for his performance. I know... That mistake needs ironing out. And he, to me, this season he's been a bit indecisive. I think sometimes with his, you know, with his play at the back. But going forward, um, you can't fault him at all. I mean, support play. You know, he's probably one of the best support players in Super League. He's always there at the right time. And he'll back everybody up. And uh, you know, you, you can't fault him for that. It was another another excellent display. And you no, know, when we when we did move the ball, I thought we looked really good. We looked really exciting. He was very slick the passing as well. Very crisp and. You know, when the ball went that wide there, Louis, you'd be putting people in for fun, weren't they? So uh, we've just got to carry on that now and use a bit of consistency because looking forward now, I think we've got seven at home, is it six at home and five away, something like that. And the, the away games look pretty tough, but the home games, we've got some sort of winnable games coming up. I mean, I don't like saying that, but, you know, Huddersfield at home twice and Ukeata come down here, Catalan Dragons. So there's matches there that you'd look at the start of the season thinking we can take points from them. So looking at the table now with six in the league, we can carry on a bit of consistency. You know, that, that top five is a really, really achievable target for us. Yeah, I think obviously the crucial moments in the game, Parker, uh, the back-to-back tries for us after that mistake from the kick-off from Wakefield, that turned the game in our favour. And obviously that Joey Lucic try just for our time. That's what good teams do. They get over the line just for our time. Changes the team talk totally. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I, if we'd have cut out the our own sort of mistakes, we wouldn't have been, you know, in those situations as such. But, yeah, I mean, Rob Louie sort of saw the urgency in the game and, and he spotted a few players that looked on the Wakefield side like they were tired or whatever. And he got us back, you know, on that front foot. Joey's tried just before half time. I mean, that's. 
I don't. I still don't think he gets enough raps for what he does. That lad, he, he's he's a magnificent player from from an absolute unknown. I don't think there's many clubs in Super League that won't fancy him now. Uh, but that try kind of it gives, like you say, it gives that boost into half time. Once you you go in there, and everyone's on the toes and everyone's a bit chipper. Um, yeah, you're kind of motivated to carry on. How many times have we seen it in previous seasons? But it's been the other way around. Just before half time, the opposition go over and we we you know we crumble. So yeah. Important tries at important times. It's the opposition makes a mistake. You've got to capitalise in Super League because you give them the ball back and, and you can be in trouble within you know a couple of minutes. Yeah, Paul, I think we're blessed with Booker's really. We've got uh, Lucic, we've got Tompkins, we've got Wood. We've got you know quality in that area and it's only going to help everyone pushing each other for that first team spot. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I feel a bit for Josh, but he's, he's struggled a bit, hasn't he, since his injury and struggled a bit to get into the side this season you know, with his with his rehab and whether he, I'm not so sure whether he's still injured to be honest he, he has come back and he's had a few setbacks with his injury as well so wishing him all the best because you know Josh is a really good good prospect and, and a good player now as well and we had the Chris Brining situation last season where we had a real good good player there so we've got Tompkins and Lussick now you know Lussick's come in and like Park he says he's He's a real unknown at the start, but now he's um, he does. He looks one of the top players in the league and the energy that he brings. And I think he has had a tendency to give penalties away. You know, he's a bit of indiscipline with his, with his tackling technique, I think. But if he can iron that out, he's a, he's a super player. And that try that he's scoring from close range is becoming a real trademark, isn't it? He scored, I wouldn't like to say how many he scored this season. He scored a few now and um, no very athletic sort of player. And his ball distribution is very good as well, you know, from, from dummy half. So uh, I think we found a bit of a gem in, uh, in Joey. Yeah, I think he's done that many. The club sort of managed to do like a montage, didn't they, of, of these certain drives against Tolkien. I did it twice. And then he obviously he's showing it to the world. And he still manages to do it, uh, which, which shows the class he's got. Obviously, he's got much more than that in his bank, in his, um, in his tackle bag. Uh, parking, you know, it's it's fantastic. We've got such quality players like him in our squad that's going to take us from you know sort of seventh, eighth in the league to you know fourth, fifth. Yeah, I think Joey with with Joey. I know he's. I think he scored ten tries in Super League alone this year. I don't know if he scored any in that cup game. I can't. I can't remember. I kind of blank that out. But um, yeah, that that for a, for a hooker, I don't. That doesn't happen too often. He does remind me, you know, of, of a of a Jimmy Lowe's kind of player. He used to do a lot of that when he was in his prime, you know, like darting over the line. And but he's commanding, you know. He's not. He looks quite a shy, you know, retiring lad. But he's not. You see him on the park. He's he's, he's bossing people about. You know, he'll, he'll tell Jacko and and Rob where to go just to you know to, to get the move going. And uh, yeah, I agree with Paul as well. By the way, Tompkins on on Sunday. He's never been high on my you know my list of favourites, but. He gave us a good platform, and then you know you throw Joey on after 20, 25 minutes, whatever, and the other, you know, therefore we start to tie. You don't want him running at you as well. So it is a good, uh, a good problem for for Watson to have. But I'm I'm a huge fan of Joey. I think he's 23 for a hooker. I think he's, you know, he's he's got the the makings of a real, real star. Yeah, it's going to be super exciting. What else he can do in a Salford shirt? I spoke to Jackson Hastings, Greg Burke and Christian Inu after the game and this is what they have to say. So I'm joined by Gil Dudson. Good win, that. Yeah, mate, yeah, good win. Good to get back to, you know, on the right track, really. We've had a couple of narrow losses. Um, you know, our starts have been letting us down. So it was good to get a good start, really, and, you know, get the results today. Yeah, we talked about getting a reaction after last week's first half. I think we found one with a good first half. This, you know, scoring lots of points and getting in front and controlling the game. Yeah, like I said, that's, you know, 
the last few, what was it, the last four weeks, last three games, you know, we've started really poorly, you know, and we give teams 20 point starts and I don't think we've lost by more than three points in all of them games, but, you know, we're giving ourselves too much to try and come back on the second half. Um, and, you know, even early on in the year, we got into a bit of a rut with that, but we were, we were coming out the other end. You know, we've made a big, big thing about starting good and we hadn't been, so, you know, we really... Yeah, Matt, today, you know, we need to start well. I might say we managed to do that this week. Psych- sorry, psychologically, obviously, you know, these close defeats, does that kind of affect you? But now you've got over the line, it's a relief. It's one of them, it's, you, you can take a bit of solace out of it because, you know, you're not getting turned over, but then it's frustrating as well because you're, you know, a score away, you know, you stop them scoring a try, you win the game, you score another try, you win the game, and, you know, it's them fine margins. And like you say, week on week on week, and you can start to get you down, but. You know, we've got a pretty good group here and you know, we managed to kind of regroup this week and uh, you know, like I said, we earmarked the start this week and we managed to start pretty good even though we didn't really start as well as we wanted again, give away a lot of penalties early doors but we managed to keep them out. Yeah, obviously a win today, now we're looking up, you know, how far can this team go? You know, I, yeah, we've got uh, aspirations ourselves, you know, of trying to sneak into that top five, you know, like you say, we've had a couple of results where we've lost narrowly and you know, that could come and bite us at the back end of the season but you know, all we can do now is kick on and take each game as it comes. Cheers, big thanks Tox. So I'm joined by Jackson Hastings. Big win, that. Yeah, it's important, mate. Obviously, we were in a bit of a dogfight down the bottom with um, London and KR playing great footy and beating some good teams on the weekend. So uh, we knew we had to come out and do a job. And, um, yeah, we did that today against the depleted Wakefield side. So you take every win you get, but we know that they, they had a lot out. But um, when you play a team like that, you've got to make the most of the opportunities and make sure you win, and, and we're able to win well in the end. Yeah, obviously, we've had a few weeks of close defeats. This one, a big win for us. Is that a good thing psychologically for us players getting over the line and getting up that... That climb? It's weird, mate. We, we either lose by four or six or we win by 20 plus. It's, it's just one of those things that we need to narrow the gap between, um, you know, those wins and losses, obviously. Yeah, narrow defeats. We didn't close the game out against Saints, obviously. Um, KR at Magic Weekend, we built an opportunity too. So um, instead of looking at where we where we could be or should be, um, we just got to focus on week by week. And I know that's cliche, but with a team and a small squad like us, we've just got to rally together and make sure that um, all hands on deck and, and try and take those wins off. Yeah, Castleford next week, another winnable game for us. How far can this team go? Oh, we've said it all year, we can go as far as we want. We just need to turn up with the right attitude. And, and today we didn't give away a 16 0 head start, which helps, mate. And, and we, we still let ourselves down with our discipline in the first half. I think the penalties were 8 2, so that's on us to clean up that area of our game. But um, we know with the ball in hand, we can, we can match it with most teams. and um, we just need to stay locked in defensively and if we do that we'll, we'll, be, we'll be right Cheers Beth thanks for talking to us detail So I'm joined by Christian Hill big win that Yeah any win's a big win for us and uh, obviously we've let ourselves down in the second half in the last few games and to come over the top of a great side and obviously a team that was fighting to come back was, was good Yeah obviously close game again you know, but we won this one by, by a good score. Um, obviously, was it in your heads? Obviously, that after a few games of close defeats, it gets here or not? No, not really. We we try to focus on who we got that week, and obviously we, we had to let let the last few weeks go and, and focus on uh, on week and what they what they had to throw at us. So I thought we did our job and we did it well. Obviously, there was a bit of uh, confusion at, at times, and they they got around us and, and scored a few tries. So those. Those things, those things we're going to try and uh, fix up during the week. Yeah, and you've took full responsibility for our kicking duties now, banging them in from all over the show. Uh, you know, is it something you kind of work on? I try to. Um, I, I, I try and probably get a session, uh, probably captain's run the day before the game, so it's fresh in my head and, and going through the routine and, and seeing the ball go through the post. So I was a bit, bit dusty today, so a bit of wind, so can't blame that. Um, just got to, got to be better. 
Yeah, catch up for next week. You know, we're looking up the table now. How far can this team go? Oh, it's really on us, really. It's on our shoulders and 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 how we prepare, how we how we play, and, and how we perform. So. I think for us, we just got to focus on who we got that week and, and, and worry about fixing our mistakes that we've had in the past few weeks, especially against, like I said, those uh, those few losses that we've had. So, but um, today's been awesome. Cheers! Big thanks to on Devon Detail. Well, that was Jackson Hastings, Greg Burke, and Christian Inu, uh, Paul after the game. All sort of very happy with the performance and looking forward to the next challenge. Yeah, certainly. I think when you when you come that close to to, to win in, in previous weeks like we have but it's been very frustrating I think just to get the result just to get the win on, on Sunday to you know, get smiles back on faces was, was good and it was like it was nice to talk to Watto after, after the win because it's been frustrating the last few weeks because you know, especially that St. Helens game we'd, we'd come that close and you know, a great performance and uh, you know, it, was, it was nice to get a result and, and like you say we, we've moved up the table from that result with two points behind Castleford with, with them to play with a better points difference than them I think for me, I've looked at that a few times. I know we've spoke about it, haven't we? Our points difference. I think there's only Warrington and, and Catalans who's sort of better than ours. And sorry, is it Warrington and, and Salem? Sorry, who, who's better than ours for attacking defence? So it just shows you how, how well we have played this season. You know, in the games that we've lost, they've been apart from that Leeds blowout. They've been really tight games, haven't they? So, uh, so yeah, it was nice to get the result on uh, on Sunday just to uh, just to get that momentum building again. Yeah, Parky, we've had a few close games, haven't we? Come on the wrong side of the result. But it was good to get a win and hopefully that will boost confidence with the games coming up. Definitely, that's that's what I'm saying. You do get down heart and you know as a fan, but as a player, how, how you know you put all your effort in and you come away a few points short. I know we've started slowly and that's been a big problem. Saints, Hull, KR, uh, Hull. You know you can't give teams in Super League that kind of start. 14, 16, 18 points and try and try and win again. I know we nearly pulled it off, but in all three, but. He, he, you're basically fighting a losing battle with that. Um, and, and a strange little stat, actually. We're, we're the only team, considering how many tight games we've been involved in, that hasn't dropped a goal this year. Um, which, I don't know if that's concerning or not. We, just, we, we believe in ourselves that much. We think we can score a try. We don't need to go for the one-pointer. But uh, just a little stat there. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's got to. And I think, I think you know, I know we'll talk about the cast game later on, but I will say, I think Friday possibly the the biggest game for us this year now. Um, if we can get over them, get in the five, with some winnable games, like Paul said, it's easy saying that, it's hard to do, but winnable games coming up, we could really try and cement a place in that five, and, and who knows, with our away record, we have to play every game away, we could be at Old Trafford. Paul, do you see it as a concern we haven't dropped a goal this year, as Parky does? Uh, there's good stat that I, I, <clears throat> I'd not I'd not realised that myself. I, I don't know it. Probably not been an opportunity. I wouldn't get too concerned about it. We might beat Castle with a golden point, drop goal on Friday night. You never know. So no, I wouldn't be overly concerned with that one. But uh, no, have, have we have we had chance really to drop one? I mean, the close games we've had in the, in recent weeks, the the whole game, you know, a few weeks ago, we didn't really have an opportunity to drop a goal. We've been coming from behind in matches, haven't we, really? Mm. So, uh, so no, I'm not, I'm not concerned about that. I'm sure we'll drop one before the end of the season. Yeah. Um, obviously, a hat-trick hero, nine levels, Parker. You know, what our, our top Super League try scorer showing what, what he's made of? Yeah, he, he's a fantastic player. He always has been. I don't know I've spoken on, on, on here before about uh, how much I've, all, you know, I've always liked him from when he was in the academy. He, he always had something about him, that strike player. And I thought it was probably going to be a standoff 
uh, you know, that support play and, and so on. But obviously he's made fullback his own. And yes, all right, he's made a few errors, but generally makes up for it. Um, and the tries he's scoring, um, yeah, I, I think you can you can forgive him for the odd mistake at the back if you're going to score three going forward. So he's he's a fantastic player. Another, another guy we've got to try everything to keep hold of going forward and build, build round him. You know, and, and a few of the other younger lads like Joey and people like that, and whatever happens with the halfbacks, I don't know. But you know, these are the key to that. They, these are the spine of that team. And and Niall's got Salford in him. You know, now he's. I know some of the fans do think he's one of our own, which is slightly, slightly wrong. But um, he he has come through the system, and uh, yeah, he, and I think he he sees Salford as his home. And when a player's happy and comfortable, he does bring out the best in him. And he and we do see that week in week out with him. Yeah, Paul, he's a fantastic fullback. He knows where the line is. You know, quite safe. He's very safe in defence. Super defender, super defender, super in attack. You know, the complete fullback for me. Yeah, I think so. He's got he's got things he needs to brush up on. I think, as I said before, the indecisiveness. If he can if he can sort that out, he's very confident under the eye ball. You know, on on Sunday he took some really good, really good eye kicks. His his defence sometimes a bit questionable. I think. This decision making with him really sometimes I think that, like, that's down to confidence but you can't question him going forward I think he's an excellent player excellent support player and he's got all the potential for me to be an international player definitely he really has and you know he's a, he's a good lad off the field as well he's a very down to earth character and you know lives the life off the pitch as well and um, I'm sure he's going to go places in Ireland I just hope he stays at Salford now because you know he, he's been made in, in Salford really hasn't he coming through the system and you know it's been great watching him progress and you know, he, he just keeps his head down, doesn't he? And get, you never hear of him off the field getting into any mire or anything like that. He's a, he's a good, honest player. And, uh, you know, 100 tries he scored. He was 100th try, I think, on, on Sunday. I know he's not scored 100 for Salford. We scored one or two and he's been out on loan and that. But I think he's got about 90 now for Salford. So he's not far off that that total. So that makes him part of an elite club as well. So uh, I like now. I've got a lot of time for him. I think he's a super lad. Yeah, another person who was made in Salford is Ian Watson. Paul, you spoke him after, you spoke to him after the game and this is what we have to say Coach's Corner Hi Ian Watson joins me it's been a while since we've had a chat over a victory you must yep. be relieved pleased a bit, bit of both yeah probably a bit of both um, re- really happy with the way we responded today because we've probably criticised the players over the last few weeks in kind of not in hot all the game, but in certain parts of the game, we've dropped our intensity and we've not played to the standards that we expect off our guys. But they've regrouped really well this week in having a big focus for an 80-minute performance. <laughs> having an 80-minute performance. Um, and I thought today they started off really well with real good intent defensively. And I thought that set us up going forward because that was the one thing we lacked up. Do you think there was, there's, there's parts of that game that still to work and there were some soft tries yeah. conceded? Yeah. Is that niggling you at the moment? Because yeah. teams aren't breaking us down. No, no. They're, they're yeah. scoring off our mistakes, aren't they? Mate, we, we, we train on D and against certain shapes and stuff like that and against a bit of ad hoc play. And, and teams are not teams are not breaking us down. It's they're coming from little bits of errors and lapse of concentration. Um, that sometimes is down to a, a level of player, um, an experience of player as well. To be fair, so yeah. So what, what's we've, we've just got to kind of deal with them and keep working with the players to make sure we cut them out. But the good thing is we don't get broke easily. How pleased were you with your halfbacks today, Robert Louis and Jackson Ace's boss that game? I think yeah. Robert Louis. 
four try assists, was it, and scored one yeah. himself? You must have been pleased with yeah, that. Yeah, I thought, Rob, I thought Rob, and, and Jacko, to be fair, I thought the full spine today. I thought the way we controlled the tempo of the game and the way we played on when we was on the front foot with them attacking the line. The great players when they're running, but to be able to do that, you've got to get on the front foot by your outside backs getting you on the front foot or your middles getting you on the front foot. And I thought they laid the platform for him to be able to play today. Did you have pressure from yesterday with OKR and London winning, or did you not really look at that? Oh, that's an outside factor pressure. Um, our pressure was we wanted to have a performance this week. We, we felt we'd let ourselves down at the first half at Hull for definite. Um, the first half at Hull KR um, in the Magic weekend, same again. Um, but then second half, so we've been outstanding on it. So we, we need a real focus on our start of the game. And I thought we did that today. We made a few changes to try and get that. And I thought the guys who started, um, Tyrone, Lee Mossop, Logan Tompkins, I thought they did real well and they started, they started us with some real line speed and intent defensively. Just looking at that league table, defeat today could have dragged you right into that mix. Yeah. There's so much on that sort of between the, the top five and, and the bottom place. It's like six, six or eight points now. So yeah. Castleford coming up next week, that could get you into that top five and what we've been hoping for. Yeah, massive. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big, big one isn't it? because we're six, I think now. Um, we've got a real good points difference. We beat Castleford next week. You sat in the playoff spots, and then it's on from there. Um, what we don't want to be doing is we didn't want to lose today and be getting dragged down into that dogfight of um, the OKR, the Londons, because they play each other next week. So one of them is going to win again as well. So which meant they would have been on the 14 points. So we need to make sure that we've got our focus on ourselves and we're trying to climb that ladder. Can I ask you a bit of injury news? Ken Seal went off last week, didn't he? Against, yeah. against Hull House Ken is it yeah. his shoulder that um, no groin um, right. it's, uh, it's flared up again so won't be long term um, it's, it's not as bad as he first did it as well um, I don't know where I got shoulder from I just saw him coming off holding his arm but um, yeah, no, no, good job was groin, yeah, he might have just had it knocked up yeah, as well but yeah. um, it was his groin that's the main problem how long could it be helpful with that then, oh I don't think it's going to be too long this time I think it'll be two or three weeks um, but to be fair I thought um, Darrell and Bibby have carried really strongly again today we've got Greg Johnson back on the, on the field now as well so he's, he's ready to go um, what's the situation with Ed Chambers that a, a, a yeah, season ending full, yeah he's full season he's out all year so he'll be next year he's coming along nicely he's had the op done though um, and he's lifting upper body weights so we're trying to get him a bit stronger obviously for next year upper body wise and then legs we can work on once he's um, been given the all clear George Griffin picked up a bit of an op today yeah. I suppose you've got to wait on that one but yeah. did, did that look, look good he had his time in a sling oh no he think, uh, thinks he might have um, ruptured the bicep um, if he has done that's a bit of a blow for us because he's been working real hard for us George as well and um, we're not blessed in loads of back rowers as well how do you approach the Cass game next Friday I mean Cass for the last couple of seasons have been right up there on the table at the moment are they a side we can target and a side we can beat oh Cass are always a team we can target um, every time we play them I'm, I'm always confident I'm confident going into the games against the other top teams kind of I probably I get more nervous playing um, the teams who are in and around us, the KRs, the Huddersfields, that. But when we're, when we're going playing St. Helens and Warrington and um, Castleford, and I'm confident. I'm confident in the team and what they can do because they do. They really knuckle down and know they've got to get through the processes. So we go into it the right way. I think sometimes if they've played a team before and they beat them, they get a little bit excited and start playing a bit more on excitement rather than just staying with the processes. And that's what's caught us out in the last few weeks. I wasn't going to ask you the dreaded Jackson Hastings question, but I'm going to ask you. I know you're not going to tell me, but is it still ongoing that the talks yeah. are ongoing and things like that? Yeah. But you have signed up some players for next season. Yeah, yeah, we, we've signed some good players for next year. The, because we're being able to do it a little bit earlier um, this year, and like the board give us the go ahead to try and sign some players, we've brought in f five good players, hey, and, and there's some quality in there as well. So what what we need to do is continue on that vein as well. And obviously, Jacko will make his mind up when Jacko makes his mind up. And there's a lot of clubs putting pressure on Jacko to make his mind up because they all want to try and get him and sign him but 
Jackal's got to do the right thing for him and if it's not right for him to sign for somebody right now he's got to be patient there and just carry on doing what he's doing on the field because when he does that he's a great player Thanks for speaking to us today and I'll see you next Friday mate Cheers Coach's Corner So that was Ian Watson talking to you Paul after the game he was very happy with the performance and he was happy that they responded after the criticism from last week's defeat against Hull. Yeah, it was nice to speak to him after the win because the last couple of weeks it's been dead frustrating because you know you can you can see the anger inside him, especially away at Hull. He was really disappointed and he was saying it was down to attitude and and you get the vibe off him that he you know he's really really annoyed about it. So it's nice when he's a bit more relaxed and you you know you get to, to talk about a victory because I always find it difficult doing interviews after a defeat because you know you. You you sort of poking the nest really and, and trying to get a response from him and uh, you know it's it makes your life a lot easier when Salford win because uh, I'm not saying he's a nasty bloke but I don't want to get on the wrong side of him that's for sure. <laughs> he's got the big white eyes on you. I can I can't imagine he's <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> doing something wrong and him looking at you thinking what what are you doing like oh, no one want to know. Well, how, how scary was that press conference at all? Yeah. I mean, I mean you you asked him a question and I asked him one and he sort of perked up a bit then but before that he. He didn't lift his head up, did he? And he was really, really angry. And then I heard you ask him a question, and I thought, "Nice one, Robert. I'll ask one talk because I was waiting for you to go first. But uh, no, he was uh, he was really frustrated there, wasn't he? And you know, rightly so as well. He's a perfectionist. I think he just wants us to do well, doesn't he? And I love his passion for for the club, and um, you know, it really means a lot to him. And uh, yeah, it's it's nice when we win, though. Yeah, Parky, he talks about sort of the defensive efforts that that the team's put in, and how we dealt with the pressure. Of, of coming into the games after you know the other teams winning earlier on in the weekend, and I think it was big that the players kind of like responded to that criticism at Hull and put on a big performance like this. Yeah, I, you know I, I listen to to Paul's interviews with him every week, and the last few weeks you can tell he's been frustrated, he's been annoyed, he's, you know, and he said that certain players keep making errors, and that, you know they'll they'll pay the price, and that you know he's obviously either rounded him up and had a had a word with certain players or. He has left the odd one out and that kind of thing, whether that was the players he's talking about or, or whatever. I know he hasn't got a big squad to work with, really. But even in his interview with Paul on uh, after Sunday's game, he didn't sound overly relaxed, I didn't think. And I like that. He's not sort of gone, that's it. You know, the pressure's off. We've won a game. That's that's it. He was still, you know, he's still annoyed with a few of the errors and that kind of thing. And that's that's great to pick up on. And it, but it does make a difference to her, to her, you know, be able to talk about a win. It must be so difficult for a lad. I mean, the pressure he's under at the club, he's got very little to work with in terms of, you know, squad, and we know the, the financial situation. He's already looking at, you know, players leaving him for next year, players coming in. He's in the middle of all that, and yet every time you talk to him, you meet him, he, you know, what a, what a fantastic lad he is. You know, I bumped into him uh, to London uh, the other month after the game, and he was being followed by press and all sorts, and he he came straight over just to say hello, you know. And you you can't you can't fault him for that. And the pressure he must be under day to day is is tremendous. But uh, yeah, he stuck he stuck by his guns. And when he's not happy, he certainly lets 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 us know as fans. So God knows what the players face on a Monday morning sometimes. But uh, yeah, great great to hear him uh, talking about a win. Yeah, looking at the stats, uh, top meter makers, Chris Wellham, hundred and two. Gil Dunton, 99. Josh Jones, 158. Uh, Rob Louie, 98. Jackson, 18, 153. Uh, Paul, like I say every week, it's good that you get four or five over 100 shows that the team were going forward. 
Yeah, it's a funny start, that, because I was chatting to my dad about the Aussie games in the NRL, and he was telling me that a lot of their players get over 200 metres. So are they doing somewhat more than our players, or are they just better? I'm not so sure, or do they just work harder? Because a lot of them are getting over 200 metres a game, so perhaps 100 metres is, is sort of the minimum we should be looking at, really, but I'm not so sure about that. Unless they do, unless they do theirs in yards, I don't know. But uh, but no, I think I think the forwards worked hard on, on Sunday. As I said before, they laid the platform for us, didn't they? Really, and uh, it was good to see. I've got, to, I've actually got a thought about that. Go on. Um, I watch a lot of the NRL, and you like you say about these stats and you see these. I mean, wingers and fullbacks will make more meters than most because you know they put the ball up and they run it back with nobody in front of them for thirty yards a time anyway. Or meters, whatever you want to deal with. My my point is that. What does happen in the NRL with two referees is the teams are generally onside quite a lot. So you do get, you know, a few metres to run in when you when you take your first drive or whatever. Mm. Over here, again, on, on uh, Sunday, the offside. I mean, your players have got three or four yards before they're tackled. Well, they're not going to make any, you know, any decent stats doing that. I think that's something that the RFL have really got to look at. I mean, some of the, the defensive lines and then, you know... The, they were off the line before we played the ball. Both, both teams, by the way. I'm not just having to go wakey for this. And I think that, I don't think that helps. I think that probably takes a few off. Like you say, Josh Jones, what was it, 170 odd metres in in, in, a, in a game. He, who knows? You know, he could have made over 200 if, you know, if the referee had, had teams back properly and people were square at the play of the ball. None of that, you know, a lot of these things get missed. And in, in the NRL, they do have two refs. And I think that, that would aid them a little bit. I think the rook's a lot cleaner, Paul, in the NRL, isn't it? You've not got as much messing about. It seems a lot cleaner to me. Over here, you get a lot of lying on, don't you? And people wrestling, that, sort of the wrestling that goes on. I think the, the NRL seems a lot cleaner on there, a lot faster, a lot sharper. I know sometimes people say it's a very robotic, but there's not as many mistakes as there with guys lying in there. And I don't know. I thought I thought both sides were guilty of it, I think, on mm. Sunday. But another one for me was this moving off the mark as well. It really annoys me. I know I didn't notice us do it as much as Wakefield, but there's a few times where a couple of their players are moving like sort of five or ten yards off the mark, you know, from the play of the ball. And referees need to clamp down on that, I think, because uh, no, it shouldn't be shouldn't be happening. That I think that kind of thing you can't really clamp down with is just one of you. I think with the Australian, there's two referees, so one looks at the play of the ball and one looks at the defensive line. You got two pairs of that, two pair of eyes, plus your linesman as well. Less to get less likely but to sure. get away with stuff. In a way, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose you're right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They they, they used to police it in the past, didn't they? I suppose. I don't know. You you're getting paid to do a job there, right? And you've got to work with your touch judges, haven't you? And you're in goal judges. You've got to get things right, haven't you? But oh, I get where you're coming from. I think the NRL has benefited from the, the two referees. I think it, I think it definitely works. It takes a bit of pressure off, doesn't it? Because the way the game is these days, now it's very fast, isn't it? it, it Referees, and we've said it before, haven't we? They don't have the, the benefits of action replays and you know, a nice seat in the West Ham where you can see what's going on. You're right in the thick of the action, aren't you? And it's a, it's a thankless task, really. And you know, when you see how, how, how quick some of the hits are and, and this and the other, it, it must be difficult for them to make decisions and that. And police the offside, and police the rook, and watch for forward passes, watch for obstructions, and that. It's, it's not a job I'd like to do, Robin, Paul, I'll tell you that now. Yeah. I think obviously you know looking talking about the stats before. I think another stat that we got to look at is, is average gains, Parker. Because obviously mm. we talked about meters and, and sort of wingers and fullbacks bringing the ball back, but average gains is in collision and getting over the line. 
Uh, Gil Dudson's average game was, was 8 metres. Jones was 9. Lussick was 10. Uh, ben Nakambuai was 9. So, you know, the big forwards were getting over the game line and making big inroads into Wakefield's defence. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not being dominated in the tackle, which, going back to the NRL, does happen. You know, they will, the player with the ball does get dominated a lot and that, that helps get a quick, you know, because the players can get off you. You know, you've sort of, you're on the floor and that's it. Uh, whereas over here, there is a lot of wrestling involved. But, um, yeah, once once you hit that line, like like somebody like, again, I'm going to say, but Josh Jones does, when you hit that line and you're taking players back with you, that, that's, they're the key meters because that's when you can get the ball away quick, you know, and, and get on the front foot. Um, it's no good just running at a line, getting, you know, seven or eight metres, getting put on your back, and th- then they go back to ten. And you, it's when you get the ball, and I think that's that's something that certainly Jones does really well off, off the back of some, you know, Rob Louie and, and Hastings, creating a bit of space. And even, you know, even Joey doing that kind of thing. And then he can hit the line at the right angle, and it, it makes it virtually impossible for a defender. They, they are they, they are key stats, and I've always uh, sort of look, looked at them. And if you're looking at a player who you think, oh, he's he's done really well, and you look at that, you think some some of them make five or six meters at a time, and that's that's not really enough. Yeah, it is. I, I suppose you're you're right there, Parker. Uh, and obviously, it, with Jones, he's got that ability, I think, to kind of make contact and back out of it, and then make another contact rather than get caught up in a tackle. And that's that's a big skill with being a forward, be able to unhook yourself from the defensive line and. And go again. Yeah, very much so. And it's it's, a, it's an art that he's he, you know he's obviously good at, and not not too many players in Super League. There aren't too many like him, uh, sadly, which is you know obviously going to be a loss to us. But um, he, he, you can single him out for doing it. Other players do do it, and like you say, Dudson has been. I think he's been magnificent this year. He's kind of a, I suppose an underwhelming signing for many. Um, but what what a player he's been. He, he looks like they've got him fit and. He's another one. He drives. He just drives the ball straight. There's none of this sideways running, trying to go round him. He tries to go through him. And uh, again, if you get a quick play of the ball and get him steaming onto it, he takes some stopping. He does. He does, and he is a big lad as well. Um, talking about big lads, a lot of tackling from the big forwards. Um, George Griffin with 29, Joey Lucic with 25, Greg Burke with 23, Tyrone McCarthy 34. Paul, uh, you know the forwards making big tackles. Yeah, they did. We did really well in the forwards, as I mentioned before. I thought our pack dominated Wakefield, really. They've got some decent forwards, haven't they? got some size in that pack as well. We've got and that Anthony England's a big forward, you know, a big prop forward there. And I thought we dominated them and out-muscled them. And just to echo what Parker said about Gil Dudson, I was going to mention Gil, he stole the thunder a bit there. <laughs> a lot of people did raise their eyebrows when we signed Dudson, but I had a feeling he was going to be all right because I thought if we can get him in, in any sort of shape, you know, he's come through that system at Wigan there, he played there and played quite a lot of games for them. So he knew he was no mug. And Watson and the boys, the coaching team, have got him in tremendous shape. You know, if you look at him, he's in, he's in fantastic condition. And um, he's got a really good engine on him as well. So I think he's probably going to be up there for, for player of the year for me in the forwards. I think he's been a, been a super sign and, uh, you know, one that goes under the radar, really. Very very underrated player, but one that turns it, turns it in every week. Yeah, he's a prime example, Parky, of an opportunity player, someone who comes to Salford and wants to take that opportunity and go to the next level, and, that, and that's how this club's going to be built from now on. Yeah, you know, you could say the same about, you know, a Lee Mossop and, and a Greg Burke, who's been who's been fantastic for us. They're kind of written off at other places, and I think, 
I don't like bagging other clubs. I don't think Widnes had any kind of fitness regime with most of their players. Some of them looked terribly out of shape, and you're never going to be at your best. And I think what Watto and, and the, like I say, the backroom staff have done is they've identified players that they think has, have got that potential and, and, and still eager and, and have a point to prove and, uh, and whipped them into shape. And you just see that the benefits of it now with, with them guys. Some that may have been written off, you know, as they're not good enough for Super League. Well, I think they're showing now that they certainly are. It is. It is a great thing. Obviously, Ian Watson, Ian Blades have managed to pick up these players, Paul. And, you know, I'm sure they'll be wheeling and dealing again for next season. Yeah, I think the wheeling and dealing's already started. I think if you read the Rugby League press, there's lots of uh, names being banded about and players being linked with other clubs. And we've been linked with some this week, which has been good to hear, you know, because there's been a lot of talk about our players going to to other clubs and you know we've already had um, you know the Alpets one's done the rounds hasn't it and um, who's the other one I'm thinking of Josh Jones and, and Jake Bibby have already been confirmed so it's been nice for our supporters to um, to have some positive news of players that we've been looking at so uh, so yeah I'm sure I'm sure what will have his, his targets and, and people he can bring in and people he can Im- improve as well so uh, yeah we're looking forward to see who, who's, who's coming in this way Yeah big thanks for your three word match reports and man of the matches uh, Mark Scott uh, Wellham was awesome. Um, Colin Wilson, massive two points. His man of the match was uh, Louis. Julia Coleman, brave, tough, tough, fabulous. Uh, her man of the match was Louis uh, Parker. Louis getting two man of the matches there early doors. Yeah, I don't think it'd be the last time you mentioned his name going through these. Uh, he was, uh, that's the best game I've seen him have. He looked back to his happy self. He was smiling. He was, you know, he was bouncing all over the place. Every time we scored, you just see this big grin on his face. He's jumping around, slapping everybody. He seems happy. I don't know whether all the whole KR stuff or whatever was going up. We don't, I don't think any of us really know, but maybe he's made a statement there that, you know, he's happy and he's got no intentions of going anywhere else. And I think he proved a point again. He's, he's carried, I think he's carried a knock and he's certainly carried our team for about three years on his own um, before Jacko came in. And, he deserves that, and it was great to see that that happy, smiley uh, Rob back, and uh, hopefully he can continue that because when he's when he's on form, he's he let's not forget he's a phenomenal player. He was number two to to Jonathan Thurston, who, uh, you know, whatever the, like the best in the world. He, he he's obviously got all that in his in his bag, and it was just great to see him smiling again. Yeah, I always know Rob Lewis happy when he's dancing around, slapping people, and and being happy. <laughs> um, Colin Reynolds all 17 his man of the match was Louis as well uh, Richard Mart 80 minute performance um, his man of the match was Tyrell McCarthy Martin very important win uh, his man of the match was Louis uh, Graham, jo- Graham Jones wow just wow uh, his man of the match was Louis uh, David Wallin pack on top his man of the match was Louis Ricky P from Sale uh, well done Solly his man of the match was Jones Paul Croft great team effort his man of the match was Louis Paul Foster Quality all-round performance. Have a guess who that was, uh, Paul? Quality all-round performance. Mm. Uh, Tyrone McCarthy. No, Louis. Oh, Louis. Liz... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Liz Wright. Whole team performance. Her man of the match was Louis. Uh, OFS focused 80-minute performance. Uh, their man of the match was Tyrone McCarthy. Roy Ollaby, great home win. Uh, his man of the match was Rob Louis. Lee, what a performance. Uh, his man of the match was Louis again. Uh, Nicholas Fletcher, excellent odd blip. And everyone was his man of the match. The Manchester Red, clinical. Sam Richmond, consistency, try scoring. Um, his match was Louis again. Uh, Eric Rawson, vital win yesterday. Uh, Louis, 
And finally, Nick Frost's spine was immense. Uh, and his man of the match was Louis as well, Parky. But like I say, I think Rob Louis uh, stole the show uh, with his uh, man of the match uh, nominations there. It certainly did. I'm glad to see uh, Tyron McCarthy getting a few mentions as well. Because as we mentioned a couple of times, he was he was phenomenal. And he's when he when he plays like that, he, I think he's a really good loose forward. I do. I think he adds something to the team. Um, and you know, he can interchange with Greg Burke throughout the game. He gives us something a little bit different. But his work rate is absolutely brilliant. You know, he just doesn't stop. And as I said before, there's not an awful lot of him. So, you know. Putting himself around like that, it's, uh, yeah, some some good mentions in there. Obviously, Rob Louie going to run away with it, and a man who never got a mention, and again was phenomenal. Jackson Hastings, I mean, how many times does he not get a mention in this thing? It doesn't happen very often, so it shows how good Rob was that he's just dominated that. But I, uh, I thought, I mean, I thought Jacko was, was brilliant again. Some of the things he did did help turn the game in our favour. So. Yeah, good. delighted for the guys mentioned. Yeah, great win for Salford on uh, on Sunday, and hopefully, you know, we can kick start, you know, keep going, kick start our season again, and and go to that top four, top five, Paul. Yeah, certainly hard work starts on Friday, doesn't it, Rob? Against Cass, I think taking nothing away from Wakefield, they're a decent side, they've got a decent coaching, Chris Chester, but I think Cass are the better side. I think they'll they'll pose a bigger threat. They've got some good players in there, I know. They've got players out, and um, Gale's been out for the season. But the, the guys they've got in there at half back, that Truman looks a really good player. They've got a good pack as well. So, uh, and they're on a bit of an iffy run of form as well. So um, they'll be out to prove a point and hang on to their fifth place. So that's going to be a test this Friday. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the report on the Wakefield game. And next up, we'll have a look at all the big news coming out of Salford Red Devils this week. So what we'll do, Paul, we'll pack you. Sorry, we'll start off with the sad news of one of our uh, one of our fans, a long-time fan, Marie Scholl, who passed away earlier this week. Uh, our thoughts are with her family at this time, uh, Paul. Pa- sorry, it's such a sad thing to hear. Uh, an, an absolute uh, huge loss, and, and you know, very, very, very sad news. And Matt, it was just such a shock when when it, you know, when it kind of. When it came out, when, he, when one of the sons obviously uh, let let the world know that what had happened, and I mean Marie, she is she is to me what there are a very small number of fans that have kind of not influenced me in a way, but have always been there and always. And when I think of Salford and, and you know the laughs and everything like that, she was one of them that just brings to mind what a character she was, and I, I you know I I'm. I was absolutely devastated, and you know, like you say, all thoughts to the family, and I know there's going to be, uh, I know the fans are going to obviously honour her on uh, on Friday night, and I hope that you know the club have had a chance to arrange something as well, because people like without people like her, certainly in the, my early days, you know, watching them, and through the early eighties when we really, really struggled for fans, you know, they were they're in a the family and, and friends, but they were there every week, and they're, they're the real backbone of. Of what we are now and what we, you know, we hopefully one day maybe come again. But uh, yeah, absolutely saddened by it, and I don't know a lot of people are. She was such a popular character. Um, yeah, she'll be sadly missed. Yeah, they're going to do a uh, sort of minute of applause, uh, Paul, uh, going from the 28th minute in the second half to the 27th minute. Uh, I hope lots of fans obviously get involved in that, and uh, you know, big claps. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, it was really, really sad news. I mean, 
I don't know Marie personally. I only know her to say hi to her at Salford. And, and the same with her sons. I don't really know them personally. I, I know the faces and I'll say hi to them. And they're on Facebook and things like that. But it, it was really sad because, like Parky says, there's, there's certain people who watch Salford who, who you remember and you know. And I always associate Marie and her husband Pete with Salford because, you know, when I was a young kid, I can always remember them because they used to stand there. We stood in, in, the, in the north stand. I think. Her, her lads are a bit younger than me because I always remember having a having a buggy with her in the north stand and being really really noisy. So uh, no, it, it's it's really sad that and um, no, it's, uh, when it came through, it was on Facebook when I saw it the other day and uh, no, I just I just hope we get a big crowd there on, on Friday night and we can give her a really big big clap on that because it's it's awful news and uh, no, my thoughts and, and as yours are with the family and that this week and God bless them. Yeah. Um, next bit of news, uh, Parker. Uh, player movement. Uh, Ryan Lannan has returned to the club on loan for a month uh, from Hulkington on, with Dan Murray going the other way. Um, you think that's a good move? Uh, Ryan Lannan coming back in and Daniel Murray going out. I I do. Only know, and not that Murray going out. I think I think Dan's struggled a little bit with with fitness recently. He's had an injury, hasn't he? He needs to get some game time and and prop forwards. I don't think are a big a big issue for us at the moment. Whereas in the back row, I think we are struggling a little bit. Uh, I've always been a fan of, of Ryan. I, I was, I was, you know, a bit gutted when he when he left us. Um, watching him sort of develop, I thought he was going to be an international. I may have mentioned it on here uh, last year or the year before, um, but you know, he, it's not quite panned out for him yet. But I think he's, I think he's a, a really good player, and I, I think we we need a bit more in the back row at the moment. Even if he's, he, you know, he comes off the bench or whatever, because. Obviously, Flash uh, hasn't played that much this year. He's he's missing, and uh, a lot of players like like uh, George Griffin have played a lot of minutes, and you know they, they're going to tire as the season goes on. And this is the business end, and uh, he may only be here in a month, but uh, I think it's a good move. Uh, it's a shame we couldn't obviously keep you know the likes of Paulie Paulie with us for a, for a bit longer. He was he was great for us, although didn't look fantastic on uh, on Sunday. I don't think I think we did a great job. Um, but yeah, we done if we get him fit. You know, if, if OK, I can give him a bit of game time and get him back. He's got a big future, that lad. I, I'm a I'm a fan of, of, of Dan Murray's as well. And uh, I just think it, it suits us to get him out, you know, get him game time. And it seems strange using a Super League club for that kind of thing. But if OK, are happy with that, then, yeah, I, I'm, I think it's a good move. Do you, th- do you think, Parky, do you think it's kind of a, a psychological kind of sort of... Uh, it's not, not like an attack on Oakland Stoves, but say, you know... One of our players can come to you and, and get a bit of game time because we're a, we're a level above you. Do you think that'll be kind of a, a in the thought process in that, or is it just two teams got a spare player each and we'll swap them? Do you think there's one thing that is? I think I think sometimes a bit like the the Sow and, and Paulie Paulie thing. I think Wakefield was short of backs, you know, uh, certainly three quarters, and we were we were short up front. We needed someone with a bit of punch, which you know, let's be honest, he certainly had, and it suited both clubs. I think they, they talk. I, I don't think it's too much of the, you know, you're down there, we're up here kind of thing because two results go the opposite way and, it, you know, it can easily turn around and we're, we're where they are. So I, I I don't think it's that so much. I mean, it'd be a nice start if it was that we could just sort of, you know, dominate in the, in the, in the transfers and that kind of thing. But uh, I, I just think it, it kind of suits both clubs, maybe. I don't know if uh, Rovers have got an abundance of back rowers and Ryan's a little bit surplus at the moment or... Or whether he's just not enjoying his time and they're trying to, you know, I don't know, 
give him a, a shop window to, for other clubs to come and have a look at. I'm not sure, but uh, we, we desperately want Dan back, a fully fit Dan Murray, because, as I say, going forward, he's only a youngster now, really. Uh, he'll develop in the next three, four years, and I think we've got you know, a really good prop forward on our hands there, but yeah, I, I don't think there's any, any kind of uh, cheekiness involved. I think it just suits both teams. Yeah, I think it's a win-win uh, for us, uh, Paul. Obviously, Dan Murray needs game time, needs to keep fit, and Ryan Landon obviously played for us before, and he always seemed to play when he had something to prove, and I think this opportunity has gives him his chance to prove something, and I've got a feeling he's going to come out for us this season, for the next month, and play out of his skin. Yeah, like, like Pag said, I don't think there's anything sort of sinister in it. I was, I was looking down on OK, let's not forget they beat us twice this season, so I don't think they're, they're any mugs, OK. I think they're going to have a, a real fight towards the end of the season to uh, to stay in Super League because they, the last couple of weeks they've had an excellent win against Warrington and they should have beat Wigan, so um, you know we've got to make sure we stay out of that because we're only a couple of wins in front of them, so there's still a lot of rugby to be played, but... Going back to the, the decision, I was surprised because I like Dan Murray. I think he's progressed really well over the last uh, last couple of years and particularly this season been doing really well. But I think it's just solely because we're so short in, in the back row, second rows. I mean, we had Paulie Paul, who did an excellent job for us. But don't forget, we, we lost a player in Jansen Turgut, who was, who was a back rower. And, and he's, he's gone, so you're, you're a player down there already. Um, plus, we've had quite a few injuries as well. Flanagan's not played a lot this season at, at all. He's, he's struggled with injuries, hasn't he? And struggled to get back into the side. He had niggling injuries, I think, that have kept him out. So, we are really light in the back row. George Griffin's played loads of games, and you don't want to burn him out as well. We've got Tyrell McCarthy in there, who's played big minutes. So, I think we're desperate for a second rower. And we struggle because we've not got anybody else. You've got a really small squad. And that's all we have got. We haven't got an under twenty ones. We haven't got a reserve team like you know the Wiggins and Hulls and teams like that have got. So we were desperate for a player, and I think that that fit that fitted in with both us and OK, as did the junior Sowant and Pauli Pauli. Shame we couldn't have kept Pauli Pauli because he looked excellent for us. He really did. But and without you guys there, I, th- I thought he looked a pudding on uh, on Sunday. But I think we did a good job bottling him up for, for Wakefield on Sunday. But no, I'm, I'm excited to see Ryan Lennon. Yeah, I think, uh, think on uh, Sunday, Parky, we did our own work on Pauli Pauli. We didn't let him near the line uh, and we kept nailing him as he got it. So I think when you give him a bit, a bit of a, a bit of space and he's near your line, he's, he's quite unstoppable. Yeah, I think what what, what did us a favour in a way is uh, the fact that, that Wakefield didn't have their usual five or six big lads out there with, with the injuries. That's obviously why Pauli Pauli and yourself swapped back and we, you know, we, we, we you know, reversed the deal kind of thing. He had to play, and he was their, for me, their main big target man, and it made it easier. If you've got a Fafita out there and that, that Arona and people like that who, who were all missing, that would have been more difficult to stop him because the other ones would have tired you out. I think it was easier for us to target him. We're not taking anything away from the team, obviously, but um, yeah, I, I still I, I like Paulie pulling it. Maybe, I don't know, sometimes you read players' body language and maybe it just not happen. Uh, whether he was enjoying his time with us, uh, he certainly looked it. You know, he, he had a part of the turnaround at Hull uh, FC was, you know, when he was on the back, making big meters and obviously scored and set up. Really good for us, but I think he, he did kind of make it a little bit easier to sort of say he's their main. You know, he's the one that's going to try and crash over. So we, we and after a bit, he, he got tired because he was getting you know knocked about and we took the sting out of him. But did a really good job, but. I quite like Paulie Paulie. If he does come available, he is falling out of Wakefield. I think 
I don't think that the club did themselves any uh, you know any injustice by by showing in the ropes here. Yeah. Uh, next bit of news, uh, Paul. Uh, Martin Gleeson is to leave the club. He's going to join Watts Rugby Union in a month's time. Um, big blow for Salford. I think him, Ian Watson, you know, part of the backroom staff, a vital cog in the backroom staff, um, going to Rugby Union. Lost to Rugby League, lost to us. Um, hopefully, Ian Watson has, has a replacement lined up. We have got a big backroom staff at Salford, really. Have we? we lost Willie Poaching, didn't we, at the, the start of the season, or, or he left, or whatever. I don't think the club actually ever came out and said the story behind that one, but that was a shame because I thought Willie did a good job. Uh, so Martin Gleeson, yeah, he well, did well here. But I think Martin and, and, and Watto had a real and have got a really good partnership together and a really good understanding. You know, they have a they have a, a good sort of working relationship that sometimes you see. You know, when we're doing the interviews and that the good senses of humour is the pair of them and they bounce off each other. And I think the way Gleeson was as a player and Watson, you know, both. You know, Watson with a half-back in Gleeson, a cracking centre. I think they bring that to the way we play, a very attacking brand of, of rugby league. So if we are to get a replacement, which I'm sure Watto will want one, I'm hoping he, he goes for somebody like that, you know, an attack-minded person who, who can who can work it with him again because uh, Gleeson's done a good job. He's uh, He knows his stuff. He really does know his stuff. And what's to getting a good, a good guy there? And I don't know what he knows about rugby union or what sort of... What he's going to go and coach him rugby, and I'm not too sure, but uh, they're getting a good guy there with a lot of knowledge. Is is an ex-player an important thing for you, Parky, or is it just you know he's, to, he's got to know what he's doing? Well, first on Gleese, uh, I'm gutted. I really am. I don't think people realise <laughs> the influence he really has on on the team and, and the club, and certainly the help he gives he gives Watto. I just think it's going to be a massive loss for us. Um, he's you can see him on the touchline talking to the players a lot, you know, and obviously he relays messages for Watto, but that's you know that's part of it. You, you could get anybody, I suppose, to do that. You, te- you could probably you know teach a monkey if you wanted, but he he's such a you know, and his knowledge of rugby league, you know, he's one of the I would suggest possibly one of the, the few world class players we've had over the last you know in, in Great Britain, you know, fifteen twenty years. He was he was let's not forget how good a player he was, so. And he could influence players. And if you're signing for a club and you've got a man like Gleeson in the background, you know, you're going to think, all right, so, you know, this club know, you know, know what they're doing. Um, as for an ex-player, yeah, I, I, it's always good if you've got some kind of uh, knowledge of, of the club and obviously of the game, but I really don't know how you replace it. I, I, I'm sure, you know, Watto's more gutsy than anybody else. And even Bleed, he'll be, he'll be chatting now, but... You know, I mean, someone like uh, maybe an Alan Hunt, that kind of character again, you know, with the knowledge of the club and his love for the game, and obviously as a player, he was he was great. But I I think I think we'll miss we'll, we'll certainly miss him quite a lot. Obviously, we had Sean Long a few years ago who'd gone there as well. So whether that's got had something to do with it, but when Long he was with us, you know, he had an influence on uh, Young Theo and Snead and people like that. So. Obviously, these, these assistant coaches, as they are, whatever, they, they do have a big impact. But yeah, I'm, I'm devastated to, to for the news that he's going. Yeah, it's, it's, it's devastating, Paul. But like you said, we are a club that gives people opportunity. I'm sure Ian Watson and Blaze, like Parky said, will be be doing their own work on, on on replacements, and hopefully, everyone will come in and take us to the next level. Yeah, there's a lot of good people about in rugby league at the moment. If you, if you go down the leagues, I've seen. I'm not going to name names, but I've seen all sorts of names mentioned. 
and talked about. So it'll be exciting to see see what happens and um, who they'll come up with. Just going back to what you mentioned there about Alan Hunt, I'd have no problem with Alan Hunt coming back to Salford. We see him a lot there now. He does a lot of work for Radio Manchester, so he's at Salford quite a lot anyway. You know, he's summarising and you know, let's not forget the good work he did when he was there, especially with the, the youth set up at Salford. He brought some some of those top players through for us and did a great job there. And you know, I, I'm not so sure how things ended with him at Salford when when he left. I don't know. Um, I did speak to him a few years ago about that actually, and he, he was quite sad at the way the, the academy finished and, and it, it was a sad time for him so I'd like to see him back at Salford I think he's a, he's a good guy I mean I don't know who it'll go to but I'm sure what I wouldn't and please you know, I'll have names and, and people that want to see there and uh, but like like Parkis I'm good to see Police go because he's he's a nice character as well he's sort of a softly spoken sort of person isn't he and um, you know, great sense of humour as well he's a funny guy and um, I think the players have a lot of time and a lot of respect for him, don't they? And you don't really see the the stuff that goes on on the, on the training pitch, but you speak to Watto about Cleese and you know he speaks very highly of him. He really is his he really is his number two, really, isn't he? his go to man? I think they I think they share a lot of knowledge together, those two as well. And um, you know it, it's going to be difficult now for him being on his own. So hopefully they'll get somebody in sooner rather than later. Yeah, he always let on to us, didn't he, Paul? Uh, you know, what a chat. Yeah. It was he was a nice bloke. Uh, obviously knew what he's doing as well because he took he took the club. You know, massively forward since he's been involved. So, you know, it's been, it's been you know great and hopefully, you know, it's sad he's got a union, uh, but I suppose he's got to think about his own career, Annie, and think that's the, the way to go. That's the way to go. Yeah, well, it's a shorter career in it sometimes in in coaching, and that you don't, you don't last forever, does it? And if you get opportunities, he he might have got a longer contract than that. Sometimes you've got to think about your ambitions and that, haven't you? So, uh, I don't begrudge anybody, whether it be a player or a coach, um, you know, you know, going on and further in their career. So. Uh, Good does it does it raise uh, another issue that, that should worry rugby league that the likes of Sean Long and Gleese are being picked up who aren't actual you know first team coaches as or, or managers or whichever way you want to put it as such but are being poached by by you know rugby union is it is it another threat that our best you know young coaches you know could have, I don't know not so young but could a Daryl Powell be picked up you know and, and dare I say an Ian Watson. Is there no, you know, where's the power in rugby league at the moment? Obviously, financially, the game's not not as blessed as as the other code. And is it is it maybe something that we've we've got to worry about and keep an eye on? Not just our players going that way, but our, you know, our, our brains behind it. I think for me, Parky, it's kind of rugby union trying to evolve their game from a kind of a sort of tactical kind of kick led game to more of a blast fast flowing sort of rugby. Sort of game, but for me, without sort of changing the the scoring system, you're always going to go for the kick over the over the try when you get within 20 meters of the line. Until they until they fix that, they'll never have a fast flowing, uh, you know, sport for me. What do you think, uh, Paul? Yeah, rugby union. The best thing they could do is knock two players off, get rid of them line outs, and call it rugby league. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, mate. It's not it's not my cup of tea um, at all, and people compare the two sports don't they and I think they're just totally different I think I've, I'll be honest with you I'm not a fan of rugby union I don't watch it and I just don't show any interest in it I won't slag it off because I don't know enough about it so uh, so I don't know but I think there's two, there's two sides that is a worry I think with rugby union coming in poaching coaches and, and players that they've been in the past but on the other side of the coin 
probably hats off to, to rugby league how how good our game is that they, they do want to play you know people in their game because they can't get the the standard of coaching. I mean, look at Sean Wayne going. There's a massive list of people you could you could name over the past sort of decade, twenty years, isn't there? So, uh, but yeah, I think it is a bit of a worry, and if, especially they started coming in taking head coaches like Park said, Watto and, and Daryl Powell as well. That that would be, but there's so much more money. I think in rugby union, the, the game of rugby league, as as much as I hate to say it. The, the finance in rugby league now, it, I don't know it. The game seems to be struggling, and I don't know what the answer is. It's it's heartbreaking to see sometimes, isn't it? And sometimes you look at crowds, not just at Salford, at a lot of the other sides as well, where they're struggling. And you think, why? Because it's such a great product. I mean, we we love it, don't we? You'd you'd, you'd, you'd walk like miles to to watch your game, but other people don't. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. And, you know, this guy who's come in, this Robert Elston, he, he, he needs to pull his finger out now. He's, he's got the top job there. He needs to be, you know, having a look at what is, what is wrong with the sport and what he can change because I think something does need to change. You know, I think something does need to change fast. Yeah, for me, though, Paul, it's, you know, if you're not, your culture's wrong. If you need to, if you want to throw the ball about, you need to, that's what you need to do. I think unions kind of a lot of picking, very tactical, a bit like a big game of chess rather than, you know, rugby league, which is a bit like grass. It's all action. It's all quick. And you know, without changing the culture, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't matter who the, who the top coaches are. You still got to play in the same uh, sort of uh, formation. You're still playing the same processes. Um, but yeah, it is, it is a concern. But I can't see how it sort of changes the union uh, that much. Um, next bit of news: um, the club are uh, trialing digital season tickets. Um, Possibly for next season, uh, Parker. Um, if obviously you want to help the club, uh, contact them um, on the at the sort of uh, the website. Um, and hopefully, you know, a lot of people will get involved in that because obviously digital is the way forward, isn't it? Yeah, I remember uh, years ago there was it when the first you know stadium thing was was being uh, announced, and there was a chance that you could. Basically, text to get your beer and hot dog brought to your seat, you know that kind of thing. We're not quite got there yet, have we? But um, yeah, I suppose I tried to look. I tried to read it. I didn't quite get the thing. I do have a fear about uh, digital and, and everything else taking over a little bit. Um, knowing my luck, I'd you know I'd be on my way to the match and lose my phone or whatever, and I wouldn't have my season ticket. I couldn't get it. I don't know how it all works. Obviously, I'm just you know uh, being a bit naive with it. But yeah, I mean, I. I, I as soon as I learn a bit more, I don't go with the, the trial if that's what it is. If I like to see the technology involved and how it gets rolled out, but obviously, I mean, we've got to do what we can to, to try to save the planet as well. And those those plastic cards have got to be produced one way or another that we normally have. So uh, yeah, if if it helps the club and it, you know, obviously the, the environment and everything else, I, I can't see any harm in it. But uh, I just have to get my head around it. But that's that's me age more than anything. Yeah, I think it's basically on your phone. Uh, Paul, uh, if obviously you want to get involved in that, you email uh, ticketoffice at ajbellstadium.co.uk um, Like Parker said, I think it's a future, I think you know, if this becomes a, a success, uh, they'll transfer it onto your phone and you'll be able to carry it uh, whenever you go mm, Yeah, I'm not into stuff like that, Rob, you know me I'm a bit of a technophobe, I'd rather just have a paper ticket book like we used to have years ago, <laughs> just, just have them, I think it'd be better and he just had somebody pulling the tickets. I don't, I don't know. I can't get my head round all this. I think I understand, like you know, you've got to save money and that, and you don't want to pay a, a guy on the turnstile. It's all well and good, but it's like when you go to a supermarket now, and they have all these like 
beeping machines that you go and pay at. And it's doing someone out of a job, in it? So I don't know. I always go to a till in a supermarket rather than do one m because you tend to find, like, the security guys that are busy now because everyone's trying to pinch things off themselves doofers. So I know that's different, but <laughs> I don't know. Technology, I don't know. It just seems to be doing like mad these days, isn't it? Everything's like, I don't know. I listened to something on the radio yesterday. Sometimes I had that Jeremy Vine program on Radio 2. I know I sound a bit of a geek now, but they were talking about these driverless cars and all that, and it's like, oh, it's uh, it's a bit too much, that, isn't it? So, uh, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I'll be signing up for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about people pinching things, I saw someone um, steal something from Aldi on a top road, and the security guard chased him. Chased a guy for about, you know, to where the roundabout is on, on the, on the yeah. top road and caught him on the roundabout with like a diving tackle. Fabulous tackle. Think about Jason Atherman getting signed up, to be fair. Can you play in the second <laughs> row? <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he caught him. He chased him down and caught him, but, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty good. Uh, but like I said, technology, like, like you said, uh, Paul Parker, it's, it's important. You know, we need to embrace it, don't we? You know, it's all about evolving and that's the fan experience. It evolves. You know, time and time again, and I'm sure you know the club will embrace it if it does come in. Yeah, it's going to happen. You know, this is this is the future, like you say. You know, there's no, you can't stand in the way of, of this technology now. And um, I just, yeah, I can't. I need to get my head around it a little bit. I know it's done. It's probably not as difficult as I'm trying to make it sound, but um, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's probably better for those that, that are uh, a little bit better with technology than, than certainly me and Paul seem to be. And uh, Maybe the younger guys can have a have a crack at it, but I mean, if it goes on your phone, you use it like any other app, and I, obviously you can you, know, you can do all sorts with them now. But uh, I'd just be terrified of I don't know what happens if you lose your phone, someone pinches it off you, and you know what can they get? Off it? I don't know, but yeah, uh, certainly you know I'm not I'm not trying to put a negative spin on this. You know, if anyone wants to have a have a go at it, you know, show us the way, and you can let us old fogies know how it works. <laughs> but don't forget though, they do have match. Programs on the on the phone now, and you know tickets. You know it's the future. I suppose we've got to involve and you know embrace it and you know move forward as one. Um, next bit of news: uh, Jackson Hastings and Joey Lusick uh, are raffling a signed ball and a top for the Jansen Turgut uh, Fund. Um, Paul, it's great. Then must them two still you know raising money for Jansen, who's who's back home now um, in England. Um, it's fantastic he's managed still to do this and hopefully people will get involved in this raffle and raise a lot of money for Jansen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's good to see he's, uh, he's back in the country now because it's been, it's been a while, hasn't it? So uh, I don't I think he's, he's a lot better, isn't he? You know? and out of out of a lot of the danger. So yeah, and, and Jackson and Joey li- lived with him, didn't they? And they know him really well. And you know, just to see how they've been the last few weeks when they've been interviewed about it, that they're obviously really, really upset about that and doing the best that they can. So, uh, so yeah, I hope that raises a lot of money for the lad and uh, he's back on his feet sooner rather than later. Yeah, Paul Parker, sorry. You know, they live with him and you know, they have a, a special bond with him and I think it's great they want to do as much as they can, you know, to help with recovery. Yeah, definitely. I mean, people say, oh, he's home now, what's the, you know, what's the thing? But I'm sure he's, his family and himself have, have run up, you know, maybe a little bit of... Uh, the debt, obviously, keeping him over there, and then trying to get him home and get the right care, and and you know, I hope I hope he gets a bit of help off the RFL. I don't know what's happening. You know, I'm not having to go at him. They may they may be you know right behind it. I don't know, um, but it's great to see that the lad's still promoting it, and you know, there is there is a message you know out there. You know, there are there are decent people, and our clubs you know 
blessed to have a couple like that who obviously like you say yeah they live with him they knew him really well but uh, to, to keep going and, and get, get all the money to him and his family and you know hopefully he can get his, his life you know back to normal and uh, fingers crossed you know I hope he's still I don't know the full extent of his injuries but I hope there is still a chance of him make, you know donning his boots again one day because I'm sure it's you know one of those things that just makes his life happy yeah obviously you know hopefully everyone will get behind it and raise uh, lots of money for Jansen. Uh, next bit of news, uh, Paul. Um, there's going to be a blue light day, um, obviously along with the NHS day um, and the Lowry day. You know, the club have these big ideas about having an, a big event on a match day. Uh, and this one, the next one is blue light day, which is celebrating all the emergency services and the great things they do in, in the community. I think it's fantastic the club are trying to do this to try and sort of raise the profile of the club uh, and what, what the uh, emergency services do. Yeah, certainly. It sounds good, that, Rob. I don't really know a lot about it, but it does sound like a good initiative. You know, these these people who, who work in the emergency services do do a thankless task sometimes. You've only got to watch some of them programmes on the telly. My wife watches a lot of them. I think there's one called 999, what's your emergency or something. And some of the flack that they get, you know, like the police and that, and you think... You no, know, you know they're risking their lives for us, aren't we? So, you know, you should be a bit more thankful sometimes. And uh, no, they deserve a lot of credit and a lot of respect for what they do. And it's nice to see the club working with them. And like you say, getting our our name out there as well. And uh, no, it's, I'm looking forward to finding a bit more out about that. To be, to be honest, mate. Yeah, nurses, uh, fire firemen, policemen, parker, all you know involved in in this. It's it's fantastic. Obviously, the club are, are doing something and promoting that. Oh, certainly is, and I think there's also a message that can be sent, you know, to, to to people who maybe don't show full respect that you know this is this is these are the people you know that your club thinks are obviously you know well worth being being recognised, and you know I've I've used certainly the uh, the ambulance service uh, used their uh, their facilities you know quite a few times, and uh, uh, the, the the job they do is is unbelievable. All of them, they, it's a job that. Not many people can do. You have to have some some inner strength, and I, I don't know how they do it to be honest. But yeah, we they, they need a pat on the back and anything the, the club as a community club can do to to get it promoted. You know all that, and then moving on. You know further down the line, the, the armed forces and and every you know bring this community together because that's what the club's all about these days. And yeah, these people deserve our, our absolute respect, and I hope you know whatever goes around this this you know this, this promotion. Uh, really helps get a message across as well the the real work that these people do, you know, like say police who uh, cop so much flack just for doing their job really, you know, and the, the firefighters and and like I say the ambulance service, magnificent people and uh, you know we, we're very lucky to have people like that in the society because them jobs are uh, must be virtually impossible some days to do. Yeah, heroes one and all, another hero, uh, Steve Lang. Uh, Parker, he's still delivering leaflets around the city. Um, you know what an effort from him, uh, delivering leaflets, having his sandwich board at United games and City games, just doing everything he can to promote the uh, the club. The man, the man deserves knighting or the freedom of the city or something. I I can't believe he did. I mean, the whole thing when it kicked off, obviously, I've not been on with you guys since since we saw it all uh, from these things outside Old Trafford. Just to have the you know the materials to go and to go and do that to just stand in front of thousands of people to spread your messages. Yeah, I think it's it's like freedom fighting. Absolutely magnificent man, and I've seen these little uh, these little flyers popping up in in local boozers and stuff like that. And 
we do need more. We need to, you know, force it in people's faces. So we all need to pull our fingers out and help help the guy with that. But what a man! I mean, we we all we've all got huge love for for the club. But what he's done is above and beyond. And long may it continue. But I hope you know I hope he gets really well recognised for what he's done. Yeah, Steve Lang does heroic efforts, uh, Paul. But even if you can't do the big things, the little things matter. If even if you can do little things for the club, like promoting it in your workplace or in your local pub, you know, little things matter. And if that's all you can do, then just do what you can. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think people do, don't they? You just you can only do what you can. People are busy, aren't they? People have busy lives and your job and everything else. And and any every little sort of thing helps the club, doesn't it? You know, you promoting it like you say in your workplace, telling your mates about it, this and the other. So anything you can do, any any little thing, I think is a, is a positive positive step. Yeah, we're on the Sports Zone on Salford City Radio. We talk about Salford Red Devils every week, don't we? On there, and that's and that's a big thing for us, for me anyway, because that was part of the process for me when I went to Salford City Radio was to promote the club into the city, and you know, having a sports show and giving Salford all the airtime which we do. Uh, can only help, can't it? Yeah, we could do with a bit more airtime sometimes, though, mate. We only get about 20 minutes, don't we? We try and, I, I always try and drag it out a bit longer, but we could do with a two-hour show, really. But, but yeah, it, it's difficult, but the, the more we can talk about, about Salford, the better on the radio and the podcasts and, and, and the stuff like that. It just gets it out there. I mean, I, I don't know. You probably have, have a better idea of the listeners' sort of figures that, that we have, but it gets the message out there as best we can, and the more people can share it and, and what have you, it's... So good, it's a good help, isn't it? So, um, you know, we all know we're not the most well-supported team in the world, but, you know, we might be one day. you just got to keep working on it, haven't you? And uh, turning up every week, getting behind them and just doing the best you can. And, you know, I've said it to you loads of times, Rob, there's not, like, tens of thousands of us at Salford, but the, the people that we have, we've got, got quality supporters, I think, rather than quantity. Some of the people that watch Salford are, you know, you're... Um, you, you, they make you proud, don't they? Because of what they go through watching this team. So uh, no, I'm happy to be part of that. Yeah, and we'll put one big family out with Parky, and you know, like like Paul said, there isn't loads of us, but you know, we all care, don't we? Yeah, I mean, I think I think for for every fan that was there on Sunday, it should have been a bit of a an alarming uh, sort of look around the ground. I mean, for a Super League game of, of importance against the team, you know, above us and. We're fighting for the five, and we can't bring in three thousand. I mean, this is, you know, it could be construed as a crisis, really. Um, how are we supposed to keep hold of the players that we want to keep? You know, the likes of Jacko and and Josh Jones and these people who, are, you know, been linked with moves away or whatever. If we can't get bums on seats, and we've all, you know, we've all got our part to play in that, and whatever we can do, like say you guys for this podcast, and and you know these these flyers going round and everything that people do for the club, we just we do need more. We we definitely do, and I don't know. I don't really know the answer. You know, we've we've talked about it thousands of times, and you can do what you can. But I think we all just need to maybe make another effort again now, and towards the end of the season, and you know that that lift that the play, that we give the players at times, even though there are only a small number of us, we could add another thousand. If that, you know, it would make a huge difference for our push. You know, for the playoffs and. Uh, yeah, I think we've, we've we've all got our part to play, really. Yeah, I don't think there's a golden bullet, though, though Paul. You know, how to get people in the ground, but you've just got to do what you can do. The club are in the community. You know, we've got flyers going out. We've got us on the radio. You know, we're trying our best, aren't we? And you know, even if we grow a little bit, a little bit is better than nothing. 
Yeah, you say the club are in the community. The club could probably do more, Rob. I'm not having a go at the club here, but I think they probably could. But you're looking at finances then, aren't you? And have we, we haven't got like a massive marketing department because we haven't got the money for it. So it's it's sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a catch-22, isn't it, really? You, you're struggling, aren't you? You've not got the money, but yet you're not getting the crowd. So which, which one you do first? It's very difficult. It is a difficult situation, isn't it? It's stuff I think about all the time. I think, why don't people go to the games? And it's a conundrum. And you think, sometimes I think to myself, people are the interest isn't there. I don't think it is there. And sometimes I think, well, why not though? And there's all sorts of factors in that you could think of. And it hurts me when I when I think like that, thinking people so good are interested. And I don't know. I don't want to say that, but sometimes I think that's the case. But I don't know. It's 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 frustrating. It's frustrating. You, you can only do what you can do, can't you? You can only carry on supporting them and, and getting to the games and, and telling your family and friends about it. And you can't sort of put a gun to people's heads and, and drag them to the gate, the ground, can you? you? Know what I mean? So I don't know. It's a it's a big conundrum, and I'm just hoping something will, will change. We'll get a good run and build a bit of a bandwagon, and people start coming and, and realise what they're missing because it, it's a great stadium, isn't it? And you know, there's a good little atmosphere in there when you've got three, three or four thousand in there. So what would it be like if we could get a five or six in there? It'd be great. It'd be absolutely fantastic. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just hope people buy into it and start listening to our message and everybody else's message and, and Steve Lang and whoever, whoever's giving these leaflets out and that and just start going. Yeah, I think it's a slow build, Park. I don't think you can expect us to jump from whatever, let's say, one and a half, two thousand from last year to sort of six this year. You, you've got to go you know, one step at a time. And the club have offers on. They've got the special ticket offer where you can get five different tickets, uh, like a mini-season ticket. You know, for me, they are trying it, but it's just one of them. You just need to give it time. It's just whether the club will. That's the question, because obviously the finances are very tight, aren't they? And they need to see sort of returns on, on sort of big media uh, marketing pushes. Uh, I'm just hoping they hold the nerve and keep plodding on. I, 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 I can't... Uh... I can't not what the club are currently trying to do with with the you know the tiny budget they've got. You know, I believe we've we're on the radio every now and then. You know, an advert on on a certain uh, radio channel. I don't know. I obviously, don't listen to the right uh, station. But um, I, I do I do have a, an issue with a previous regime which did have a little bit of money and could have done a lot more to start this bandwagon to get people into the stadium. You know, to to build this and sometimes you think. You know, we we missed the trick, or or certainly people towards the top of that that <laughs> that situation didn't do enough to promote the club. They were more focused on, you know, just putting 17 players on a park, um, and it has left us a little bit short. These the guys now, Bleasy and, and the guys behind the scenes, are doing what they can really with with no money. You know, you, you can't um, you can't do more than that. So. It is a tough one, um, but you know, again, fans are a, a, a big, a big influence on other fans and other people who turn up, and you know, obviously results on the park. But we can't really knock it at the moment because if you'd have told me at the start of the season that we'd be looking, you know, a win on Friday and we're we're top five at this stage of the season, I'd have probably thought there was something wrong with you. Uh, but watching us week in week out, you can see that it's there. And, the fans that are there, you know, are right behind it. We just, we just need a little push, and then we'll uh, hopefully just the floodgates might, uh, might open. Yeah, I just think I just think it's consistency, Parky. If we can finish top four, top six consistently for the next 
sort of three or four or five years, that's when people will start sort of twigging and, and joining in. Previously, years and uh, seasons gone, where we'll have a good season and then we drop off and people have noticed that and they're scared to get back involved because it's another false storm for them. So, for me, consistency is key. If you can go two or three or four seasons battling that top four, top five, top six, you know, people of Salford will, will wake up to the fact that we've got a great cleaner. I'd like to think so. Um, I think there is, you know, is, is a, a double-edged thing, I suppose, isn't it? You know what you're saying about we have a good season and we have a bad one. I mean, can you imagine finishing the five this year, which is so hard to do, um, and then losing a number of key players because we can't afford to keep them and we can't replace them with, you know, players of that same quality next year. That's what's going to happen. We need, you know, we need it and we need it quick. We need people to buy in. And uh, I, I don't know how we go about it. I just think, we, you know, we, we have to just keep building. Um, we, we do have another presence in the city now, sporting-wise, which I'll, I'll be honest, probably didn't make the bold statements that, that our club had made a few years back about where we were going and what we were going to do. And have built slowly, even though their progression has been fast. Um, and now they're, you know, they're, they're, there's, there's always a, a slight problem that they might start to outshine us a little bit. So we've got to, you know, we've got to act and we've got to act fast. That's it. I suppose it's about evolving and, and, you know, moving forward as a club, both on and off the field and continuing the progress that they've made uh, so far. Uh, I, I, can I just jump in there, guys? I think. I, I, I'm just listening to both of you there, and there's a few points I, I agree, and like on, on all of them, really, what you said, and it, it is. It's for me. It's about you know making progress and finishing. To, to, I mean, if you finish sort of top five, top six, it's not like a pretty team like St. Helens or Wigan or whatever. It's not like a major achievement, is it? But how many times have we finished in the top five since what, say, 1980? We're probably like talking about four times, possibly three or three or four times. So. You've not even had that many half decent seasons, really, have we? I mean, I can't remember that many. I think '97 was a decent season, 2006 was all right, and 2017. That the rest of them have been really sort of mediocre. And I think sometimes when you talk about crowds and that, I think that's what has a big effect. You know, we've not had anything. We've never we've never got anywhere near sort of a, a cup final, really, have we? I mean, we've had a few semi finals, haven't we? But we've never been to Wembley. We've never had a, a day out at Wembley for 50 years. It's sort of 30 years since we've been to the Lancashire Cup final, so we've not had anything really to shout or, or write home about apart from sort of things in, in lower leagues. And when we've got to them, we've built up a, a decent following. I think the old three season and the, the mid-90s, we were getting sort of four or 5,000. So it, it is difficult. I think people look at it now and, and think we've, we've been poor for that long. You sort of become, what's the word, perhaps a bit forgotten really in the city. And I think we need to just get our identity back, don't we? And, and let people know that we are we are a decent team, and you know, like you said, if we could if we could finish top five this season and progress and finish top five next season and the season after, then you then you can start building it. Then can't and I think people would start coming watching it. But just going back to what Parky said before, I don't like slagging people off, and you know how I feel about the previous regime. I'm not going to go into it, but I think that the previous guy has got a lot to answer for because he, he didn't make a lot of statements, Mr. Q Cash and that, and, and then sort of left us in the lurch a bit, really. I know people say now, oh, um, we could we could do with him now and this, that and the other, and I don't think we could. I think it did a lot more harm than it did good, that that um, that situation on, under him, and 
you know, I think it's, it put a lot of people off and it tarnished our name a lot. And I think now we're sort of rebuilding that now. It's like there's been a big fire and we're sort of putting the, the brick back together, you know, building the house again. So, um, so yeah, I just hope we can get through it and, and, and keep progressing because, you know, like you said, the, the supporters who are going, are, you know, have been through a lot and are, and, are, and are keeping us afloat at the moment. Yeah, that's what that's what we'll stand to, Parkhead. You know, get behind the club at every opportunity, um, and hopefully, you know, more more will come. Yeah, absolutely, a win on Friday will uh, could could help solve a few uh, quite a few evils, I think. Yeah, um, obviously the supporter trust been busy. They're still running buses uh, to the game uh, for fans uh, in the local area. Uh, Paul, fantastic stuff from the supporters trust. Obviously, the fans who struggled to get to games asked for. Uh, transport through the game uh, and the supporters trust have provided it uh, hopefully the buses will get full and uh, a lot of people will come yeah they certainly do I think a lot of people use those buses now don't they and they, they, a lot of people rely on them as well and it's good and you never know next season the season after we, we might be able to start putting more buses on and things like that so I think the supporters trust we've said it before haven't we they uh, deserve a lot of credit for that you know a real initiative there there's not many um Teams whose uh, whose supporters have done something like that for the for the club, so I think it's hats off to them that, and let's hope they full again on on Friday night for the visit to Castleford. Yeah, I think it's great, Parker. You know the supporters just have took this bus on, uh, buses on. Sorry, um, obviously more people know about it. You know the more people will use it, and then you get bigger buses, and then you get bigger more fans getting on your bus, and it becomes a big thing then. Yeah, I've used it a number of times, certainly more so this year. Um... I have been fortunate every now and then to get to, to get a lift to the game, but uh, on a number of occasions this year I've not been able to get them, or you know the timing's just not been been right. And uh, I've used it, and, and every time it, it, it's full, as far as I've seen. Every time I've been on it, it's, you know the the one obviously coming from from the, the Salford side, um, it's, it's full. It is great. It's a, it's a brilliant thing, and you know every you have a laugh on the way there. You get to talk to various people, people you don't really know or you've not seen for a long time or getting on at different places and and it does and by the time you get to the game you kind of you geared up for it you know because you a lot of the time you can go from home and not really speak to anyone or if you've been in the pub you'll have a chat and then you'll have you know half an hour while you make your way to the ground and you, you a bit of a lull in between but you go straight into it you talk to other people I think it's brilliant and the, you know the effort it must take to, to organise these things and, and the, you know the cost involved I mean if it doesn't work, you know, there's a big loss there that someone's responsible for in, in, in the trust. And obviously, at the moment, it's it's working uh, and it's really well priced. I mean, you can't. I'm not being funny. I don't have to travel that far to the game, but it certainly cost me a hell of a lot more to get there and back than it does on the bus. Yeah, yeah, and obviously, you can uh, you can book online from the, from the supporters trust website. Uh, and I think you can obviously book on the bus. You can pay on the bus as well, uh, which is which is really good. Uh, so hopefully, you know, the bus will get full. Uh, and a lot of people end up uh, going to the game against Casper on Friday. So that's all the big news coming out of Salford Devils this week. Uh, next up on the Devil in Detail, we'll look at the amateur uh, scene with Paul Whiteside. Right, well, here is this week's Devil in Detail amateur report. We'll start off like we usually do. 
conference leagues and it wasn't the best of weeks for uh, for our local sides Rochdale Mayfield were beaten 52 points to nil in the Premier Division on Saturday Saddleworth Rangers in Division 1 were beaten 32 points to 12 at Milford moving on to Division 3 Hunslet Warriors game against Salford City Roosters was postponed Oldham St Anne's got a point though they drew at home to Drillington in a really tight game there 8 points apiece leading 6-2 at half time Drillington Oldham St Anne's got back in the second half and, uh, and got a draw out of that one so a good result for them and Waterhead Warriors were nilled as well they were beaten 26 points to nil at home to Heweth so the fixtures for this weekend in the Premier Division on Saturday the 22nd of June Rochdale Mayfield are at home to Lock Lane in Division 3 Drillington play Salford City Roosters Hensingham play Oldham St Anne's and Wollstone Rovers are at home to Waterhead Warriors well moving on to the North West Men's League the action got underway on Friday night, the 14th of June, in Division 5. Bolton Mets were beaten at home by Goldborn Parkside by 54 points to 6. The rest of the games were played on Saturday, the 15th of June. In the Premier Division, Rochdale Mayfield A, 0. Shevington Sharks, 50. In Division 1, Hindley, 20. Blackbrook, 22. Folly Lane, 6. Wigan St Cuthbert's, 20. In Division 2, Langworthy Reds, 10. Berry Broncos, 16. In Division 4, Blackpool Scorpions, 44. Caddyshead Rhinos, 24. And Runcorn, 6. Saddleworth Rangers, a26. The fixtures for this Saturday, the 22nd of June, Premier Division. It's Halton Farmworth Hornets at home to Rochdale Mayfield A. In Division 1, Halton Sims Cross play Folly Lane. Oldham St Anne's A play Hindley. In Division 2, it's Pilkington Rex A against the West Horton Lions and Wigan St Patrick's out home to Bury Broncos. In Division 4, Saddleworth Rangers A play Chester Gladiators. Guard was Gaswood Stag, sorry, at home to Rochdale Cobras. Caddy's Head Rhinos play Ince Rosebridge Lions. And in Division 5, Higginshaw at home to Wigan Springview A and Newton Storm entertain Bolton Mets. Well, the Student Four Nations gets underway on the 23rd of June. All these games are going to be played at the University of Edinburgh on their playing fields there. The fixtures are as follows. Sunday the 23rd of June, England will play Wales at 1 o'clock. Scotland will play Ireland at 3.15. On the Wednesday, the following Wednesday, Ireland play England and Scotland play Wales. And on the following Saturday, Wales play Ireland and Scotland play England. So we'll keep you up to date with those uh, results and fixtures when they come in. A few of our local student players are involved in this uh, this sort of tournament, this Four Nations tournament, in the England squad, Andrew Joy of Manchester College, Conor McCallum of Manchester Met University and Daniel Munt of Salford University, they're all, all in the England squad, so best of luck to them. And there's also a player from our local universities from Manchester Met, Josh Dean, he's in the Ireland squad, so best of luck to all those students in what's going to be a fantastic tournament coming up in June. Well, finally this week, there was an academy match, academy origin match on Saturday, played at the Mobile Rocket Stadium in Wakefield between Yorkshire Academy and Lancashire Academy. Lancashire won it by 30 points to 24. They trailed 18-12 at half-time, but a storming comeback in the second half, scoring two tries in the last 12 minutes. Gave Lancashire a great result, a great victory, 30 points to 24. Their tries came from Ben Holcroft of Wigan Warriors, Josh Sims of St. Helens, Lewis Dodd of St. Helens, Matthew Foster of St. Helens, and Jacob Dugdale of the Widnes Vikings. So a great win there for... Uh, Lancashire Academy. That's all I've got for you this week. I shall see you on Friday night for Salford's fixture, 7.45 kickoff. We're at home to Castleford Tigers at the AJ Bell. Take care. I'll see you there Friday. So that was Paul Whiteside's amateur report. And next up, we're going to look forward to the game against Castleford Tigers on Friday night. It's 
Salisbury Devils are at home to Casper Tigers on a Friday night, Parker. Another massive game uh, for Ian Watson's men against Casper Tigers. They will not be a walkover. You can say that again. Um, they're, they're a really good team. I know they lost players again this year with, with injuries and that kind of thing, but who, you know, who hasn't, let's be honest. Uh, at least they had a you know a decent sized squad and good you know good players to, to work with. Um, Daryl Powell's a fantastic coach. You know him and him and Watto get on really well, and you know they, they they're very they're very similar in their approach. I think um, they're an entertaining side cast. You know they not throw the ball about their wingers score, you know bags of tries every year, don't they? You just see it the last three four years. Generally the cast winger that's top try scorer. Um, really good team. Big test, big big test. I know they said earlier on in, in, in the in the pod that this this is a key game. This is massive for our, our end of season. You know, there's no point taking one step forward last week and one step back this week. It's going to be a massive tussle. It's going to be so tight. I think two two teams that are really keen. I think Paul mentioned earlier on that Cass have been on a you know a bit of a a bit of a slippery slope recently as well, and they'll be keen to keep hold of their top five. I mean, I think they've been in. That, that area of the table for, I don't know how many seasons, back-to-back back now. Um, you know, they're a really strong team and I, I think they'll come here and they, they, they'll have looked at this game as well and tried to target it, but yeah, it, should be, it should be an absolute cracker. Yeah, I think uh, Parky nailed it there, Paul. It's a massive, massive game. You don't take one step forward to take one back against Cass on Friday night. No, and I think we have done a couple of times this season. We've had a good win and then it's been... A defeat afterwards and I think if you can just put them that consistency together that, that top five's there for the taking it this season we've mentioned that before haven't we it's wide open especially fifth place now I mean the top two you've got Warrington and Saints up there haven't you even Warrington dropped points at the weekend didn't they and Catalan got beat home to London so there's, there's there's definitely room there for, for sides to get into that top five and, and we could be one of them we definitely could um, Castleford have dropped points recently, but they, they are, they're a good side. They've got some good players, and you know, all over the, the park, they've got a, a good pack. They've got some good outside backs. They've got a lot of good individual players, haven't they, as well in the pack and the backs. You know, I particularly like the fullback, that Peter Matauti, his name is, who played at Leeds, a very good individual player. And I think one for me is Paul McShane. I think he can he can beat teams on his own, and he's a he's a super player at hooker. And you've got to watch him. You know, we've really got to watch him, but. Uh, should be an exciting game, Rob. It's going to be really good because they like to play some open, expansive rugby. They like us, aren't they? Like to play a similar game to us and move the ball. So I'm expecting points in this game on Friday, definitely. Yeah, you stole me thunder there with Max Shane. He torments us every game. Every he's time a super player, yeah. You know, someone needs to make sure he's someone nails him early and stops him from playing because Parker, he is a danger man for me. Uh, it's easy to say and very hard to do, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure every team targets him to try and put him out of the game in, in some way, obviously legally, nothing nothing silly, but um, but it's so hard to do. He is such a quality player and he's he's, he's rugged as well. He don't, you know, he's not going to shirk anything. Uh, and I think he was probably, when we went there early in the season, he, I think he, he would have been the, the difference that day. Another game where we, we, yeah, we gave a, a start away and nearly came back and I think that game goes on another five minutes to win that. You know, I, I think the two teams are fairly evenly matched, and he is—he could be that game breaker. You know, we've got a great, a great hooker of our own there in, in Joey, and that'll be that'll be a real key battle, I think. Uh, up front, you know, their forwards—I've been impressed with them all year. They're they're really punchy, but they, 
the thing is with them that they're quick up off the floor, they play the ball quick and get onto a roll to get their, their outside backs a bit of space. Um, yeah, but, but McShane, he's, he's definitely the key man for them. But let's not, you know, hopefully don't just watch him because there's, there's four or five players in that team that can really do some serious damage. Yeah, Greg Eden for me, Nathan Massey, uh, Greg Minikin, Paul. You know, they are Casper Tigers and they, do, they don't call them Classy Cast for no reason. No, no, they don't. You've got that Watson, the pack as well. I mean, he's, um, he's a good player and uh, he's Minikin as well, the, the forward. And uh, Adam Milner, he's a workhorse. He plays loose forward as well. So they've got quality all over, haven't they? They've got a big squad to pick from. Junior Moores as well, he's all action. So they have, they've got a lot of energy cast. They like to play a quick tempo, don't they? And, uh, and move the ball out wide, as I said before. And wingers, centres, they, they, they've got a super team. They really have. And... Uh, Really, it's probably been a bit of an injustice last couple of seasons. They haven't won a trophy because, particularly that 2017 season, they were they were the best side by a mile, weren't they, in the, in the regular season, finishing top of the table, took the league leader's shield. And I think they finished in the top five or six in the last six seasons. So just shows you the progress they've made. Because if you think back to like the 80s and the 90s, apart from getting to the cup final, I think in 86, they were a pretty mediocre side, really, weren't they? And um, never really won anything. I think they won the Yorkshire Cup and the Regal Trophy, but never really challenged for anything else. But sort of this, this last sort of five or six years, they've been one of the most consistent sides in the country, haven't they? And played some of the best rugby league in the country. So, uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how we can test ourselves against them. I don't think they're hitting the straps of sort of the last couple of years. They've had a few injuries, obviously losing Luke Gale was a was a blow for them. But watch that young kid at halfback from that that Truman. He's he's a super little player, and I know he's got he's got a couple of players who've been playing around him. He's got that Corey Aston, Mark Aston's son, and they had another guy playing with him at the weekend, Jordan Rankin, who's a clever player as well. So uh, I'm expecting a really tough game. As I said before, I think they're a better side than Wakefield. No disrespect to Trinity, but I think we need to be better than we were on on Sunday to to beat Cass. I always look at Cass Parky as a team, as a club that we could be if if the if the all the stars line. Because obviously they are a club that's kind of eight out of ten. They're always you know mid table. They're always sort of getting to quarterfinals, semi-finals at the cups. And you know, I just think if we can go and get that level at sort of where they are. Obviously they've gone up to the next level where they're you know competing top of the league now at you know nine out of ten. Uh, but I think of Cass as a club where we what we could be. Without a doubt, I think the. I mean, we've got a terrible record against Castle. One of them teams that seem to haunt us. They give us a few, you know, hammerings over the time, and you know, we don't have to talk about sixty-nine foot fire or anything like that. But they, they've always been a bit of a thorn to, to us. But yeah, they, they, they've shown certainly building to where they are. What you can do with a limited budget, you know, they've never been a mega rich club, have they? You know, they've always had a great following. Um, you know, it's a, it's a fairly small town. It is the focal point for. For the population of Cass, but they're a, they're a, you know they're a proper club, proper rugby club, and uh, they, yeah, they, they are something that we could aspire to now, as as we are in this you know kind of kind of economic uh, issues that we have, that you can you can build out of you know very small amounts of money, and uh, yeah, I think I think Cass is a good way of looking. I'm sure, like I said about Watson and Powell, I'm sure Watto may have looked at Powell's progress over time and thought, you know, I, I can do that. And the two teams that excite with the ball, you know, so as clubs and, and styles and, and especially this season, we are so close. Um, I think, yeah, they, they could be a bit of an inspiration to us. It's going to be fantastic. Very, very interesting come Friday. Uh, Paul, do we have a weather check? Have we checked the weather forecast? 
Is it big coat or small coat? Okay. He's, he's rubbish at the moment. The weather, isn't it? It's done out but bloody rain in June, hasn't it? I think, be, I think today's been decent, hasn't it? It's not been a bad day today, mm. but looking at the forecast, I think, um, according to my phone, Friday's going to be the best day because um, I know my kids are panicking. They've got the sports day on uh, on Friday, so the, the teacher said it'd be postponed if, the, if it was going to rain. So, uh, so I'm hoping it's going to be dry because I've got the day off to go and watch it. But, are you going to um, are you going to get? Yeah, the, I'm, I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for a dry. I'm going to go for a dry, dry day, and um, but take your big coat because it's always blowing a gale at the AJ Bell. Are you going to get involved in the the parents teachers race? Have you been limbering up for that? For the sports day? No, no, no. I'm I'm not I'm not a, I'm not a runner. I'm no runner. <laughs> you get there in no time. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> no, I've got, got two dodgy knees, mate. That's one thing. Um, give us your score prediction, uh, Parker. What do you reckon? Well, going off uh, what we said all the way through and, and my little uh, stat before, I'm going to go uh, with a 21-20 win to, to the Reds. Golden point, Parker. No, no, we're going to get it uh, before Is the hoop okay. Yeah, we're going to we're going to get it. We're going to uh, just going to drop the goal. Uh, it's going to be uh, well the one and only superstar that is Mr. Mr. Jackson Hastings. What about you, uh, Paul? What's your prediction? Do you know what, Rob? I've got no idea this week. I'm going to make it one top of my head. I've wrote one down for my prediction league. I've, I've gone 24 16 to Salford, but I, I, I don't know. I think it's one of them, isn't it? This one, it could go either way, couldn't it? I, mean, I never back against us, but it's, it's a hard one to predict. I think our our results have been hard to predict all season, really. If you, if you go through them and, and look at the scores in, in the matches we've had, you know, some of the games have been um, have been really strange, haven't they? So, uh, so yeah, twenty four sixteen for me anyway. I'm gonna go uh, Salford to win thirty points to twenty two, uh, and Gil Dudson under the post with about six minutes to go. Very specific, that Rob. Yeah, it comes from a, in a in a in a, a vision. Gil Dudson sort of grinning <laughs> as he goes over the line. Um, question though, Paul. What if Parky wins the uh, the nearest? What if Parky gets his uh, gets correct on the uh, the is he, is he involved in the Nando's? Yeah, we'll have to take him then oh, as well, won't we? <laughs> oh. like Nando's Parker. <laughs> I've never been to Nando's in my life, my friend. But I, I'd, I'd certainly, yeah, yeah. If someone else is paying, I'm on it. Yeah. We'll take it to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll do. Yeah, just a quick, yeah, quick murmur. Thanks. Yeah, well, I'm gonna say he's come on Jacko then. If that's the case. <laughs> Brilliant. Another another fantastic show. Really enjoyed tonight, Parky. Big thanks to, for coming on and talking all things over the Devils with us. Oh, it's always a always a pleasure, and it's and it's, it's an honour for me just to you know sit and chat chat the Reds with with you two guys. And uh, I just hope you know I've not, I've not bored anyone into tears. No, it's been a fantastic show, hasn't it, pa- uh, hasn't it Paul? Yeah, certainly has it. It's, it's good because uh, you struggle with me and him. Don't even both being called Paul. <laughs> I know it's like a. <laughs> Bit of a difficult night for you, no? But I, I, I love having Parky on. I think he's a really knowledgeable guy, and uh, it's nice to have a bit of banter between the three of us. I mean, he gets a—he's uh, he, a different voice as well, and it? it's good. And uh, you know, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. It's been a good show. Can't wait for Friday, now. Yeah, it's been a great show. Big thanks for tuning to this week's uh, Devil and Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil and Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD, and you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week.
seven days a week, 24 hours a day. My radio contact.